And I was just going, <laughs> and then I started crying. <laughs> You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. Dame DeLorean. It is on, folks. It is on. It is on. This whole thing is very, very spooky. Listen to you. You're my sweet baby. He's as mad as a wax banana. I drank this drug club. Yes, I drank some drug club. Oh, yes. We've drank the drug blood. In anticipation for a Halloween sensation. And right at the stroke of 10, here in FEMA Region 7, we're coming to you live on Halloween night. It is October 31st, 2023. And you're here in the bowl with me, Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And me, the succubus of the schemes and streams who sometimes appears in your dreams. I'm Dame DeLorean. <laughs> oh yes, that's my sweet baby. You're my sweet baby. And you're my sweet baby. Oh yes, <laughs> my darling. <laughs> oh yes. Welcome to the bowl. This is episode 279 of Bowl After Bowl. And uh, we lined one up. Hey, Halloween. Yes, happy Halloween, bowlers. Congratulations, bowlers. It's a bowl Place your clothes there in a designated cubby of your choice and go ahead and grab any of the candy and drugs out of the bowl there. Yeah, find a beanbag. I'd say one per bowler, but we really don't give a fuck. Whatever you like, go grab it. Yes. Our bowl is your bowl. No limits here. No limits on the value for value, you know what I'm saying? You've earned it. Kick back, relax. We got a great show for you. We've had a great week. Mm, indeed. And that's how we usually start these things. Oh, I'm catching people up. What the hell happened? What have you been up to? <laughs> In this um, last great week. And on the drug blood, it is hard to remember. Mm, indeed. But uh, shit. I remember <laughs> signing off last week. And um, mm, 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 you did a you did a homegrown hits with, with uh, chapter time for the first time. How did that work out? Oh, it was wondrous. What normally takes me three hours took me about 15 minutes. I finally pulled my head out of my ass just for this one time so far and uh, actually wrote some automation to make our lives easier because we were in this predicament ever since starting chapters of, you know, we, we, we start with the chapters file that we get from the CurioCaster, uh, excuse me, from the uh, split kit. Yes. 
which is in Stephen Bell's wonderful Emporium of Magical Applications for the podcasting 2.0. And uh, we start with this chapters file, and all of those JSON items are marked as seconds. Mm. The time, uh, the time codes in those chapters, and you got to get them in audition because you need little markers on your time file. While in audition, it's hours, minutes, seconds. So you got to translate the seconds to hours, minutes, seconds. And we were dumb enough to pull up a time calculator and punch in the seconds every time and click a button and then get the time on the other side. And I have to do that piece by piece. And you slide those around because, you know, despite what you hear on the other side of the posted show, we do do a little bit of post-production. Uh-huh. I said doo-doo there. Doo-doo. Yes. It's a Halloween doo-doo. Um, we do. We have a little slight bit of uh, post-production, which shifts those time codes ever so slightly, uh, annoyingly so. And so then you get the new time codes, and then you got to reverse translate those back into seconds so that the chapters are right so that I can publish the shit. And this, this used to take uh, too long. I don't even know. It's irresponsible to even guess how long that used to take. Uh, so I wrote a script about it, a little Python script. It's really more than a script. It's a console application because I am retarded. And when, when I code something, I just need it to be visual. I need it to talk to you. And so like, I'm doing more than just like, oh, how do I translate seconds into hours, minutes, seconds? I'm like, how do we draw a big cuckoo clock as part of this experience when we draw that to the console and you're in chapter time with a cuckoo clock? I need fucking ASCII art as part of it. Like, I need user input. I need this whole rigmarole. And you got it. Why? You did it. I I just, this is just part of my retardations that are baked in. I can't just do a little thing. That would be too easy. That would be too sensible. So now I have a program and it works for two people on Earth. Uh, And I'm trying to refine it. I'll try to refine it over this week. I stayed up really late last bowl finishing the second half because I had the first half done. I had, okay, we can get the JSON chapters into the time code file, which is just a CSV. Well, that's a pain in the ass too. Thank you, Adobe Audition, because it's a .CSV so it's a CSV file format, but it's actually tab-separated values in there. It's not comma-separated, it's tabs in there. Oh. So I learned that. I learned so much. You learn a lot doing these things, you know? You learn, oh, okay. It's this, but it's that inside of this. Some Tower of Babel bullshit. Holy fuck. So, yeah. Anyway. Tonight <laughs> should just be a breeze, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, Homegrown Hits was a breeze, thanks to Chapter Time. Because, yeah, got my JSON downloaded, converted to CSV, imported the markers. Markers were slightly adjusted after deleting some silence. Then I was able to take those markers, convert them back into JSON, and bada bing, bada boom. Bada bing, bada boom. Who's better than you? That's what I like. You for automating it. My, so thank you. My proudest part of chapter time is there's like a print uh, when you exit with a little value for value message. Yes. Uh, which is so fun. And you can also op, uh, access that message from the menu, but it shows every time you exit, you know, like the little value for value software speech. It's a great time. So I'm really excited to finally get that to be usable by more than just me. And me. And you. Yeah. But you did Lorian proof it because it asked me which computer I was on, which I thought was hilarious and 
very intelligent. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, it's like it knew exactly where I was storing my stuff and my file names. So I've hard coded the paths for like the save directories, right? Yeah. And so I was like, shit, you're using that other laptop. Yeah. So I don't know what folder you're saving shit to. You're probably saving it to the desktop or something fucking <laughs> horrific. <laughs> you know it. And so when I asked you, hey, where are you saving that shit? You were like, I know you just fucking made a folder before you answered. You were like, oh, I uh, uh, got a folder right here. Yeah. On the desktop. On the desktop <laughs> where I can find it. Yeah. So, you know, perfect. Perfect. And thus, <laughs> another console app is born. Yes, it's 2023 and I'm writing console apps. Works. What's wrong with you? It works. I think I want to use a fucking app store app. Nah. I want a console app, motherfucker. I want to type my input and hit enter. I want ASCII art to greet me. That's what I want. Yeah. Uh, then we had a fun time. Let's see. What else did we do? Bulls with Buds. We did do a Bulls with Buds. Uh, and that was, yeah, right before the zoo thing, right? Yeah, that was Friday night with Vox. It was so fun. Vox joined us yet again. All the way from Mexico. She was uh, joining us from Mexico last time. And she rejoined us this time. From Mexico again. Yeah. She's back. She hasn't been there the whole time. She just happened to be uh, there both times. And El Cuenco. Yeah. So we had a great uh, discussion about how hard uh, Western medicine sucks. So hard. Spoiler and, alert. Yeah. It's about that hard at least. So hard. And um, talking about all kinds of great stuff. She had a big announcement to make, which is why she was excited to come on. She was uh, there to explore her new or announce her new show upcoming mm -hmm. which is vox on the run vox on the road on the road pretty sure it's on the run yeah it's on the run Ugh. so you were rongo bongo rongo vox on the run.com by the way is what we should have been saying the whole time uh and i don't think we said it one time so vox on the run.com look at a beautiful picture of some dirty white girl feet and uh, click around there. It and no, there's a link in the show notes. It ain't no party. It ain't no disco. It's boots on the ground. So Vox is going to talk to people wherever she's traveling around. She's always finding herself traveling here and there for her sir's work. And so now she's going to podcast about it, which is what we do. This is how we interface with, with the humans these days. It's just uh, it's the best way. So I'm so excited to see what she does with that. Vox on the run. Vox on the run. Yeah, that's uh, that's the how upcoming. How did I forget? Uh, that's the upcoming Hey Citizen jingle. Please excuse my special needs. You are excused, my <laughs> darling. <laughs> my darling. My darling. Yeah, you're excused this time. Oh, thank you, sweet baby. Only you this time, though. If I say it again, <laughs> I know it. We've been over this. Fox on the run. That's right. Run that. Run that back. Uh, so that was great time. Great time. Then we did the boo at the zoo the next day. Because yes. we got to do some trick-or-treatage. Yeah. The chillins. Because obviously tonight's just not the night. You know, I'm working evenings. Mm-hmm. And uh, all the events were on the weekend. And our neighborhood does not participate in trick-or-treating. Mm -mm. Lights out everywhere. But I was ready. I was ready just in case. Just in case, you never know. But I digress. You could be surprised one year. We went to the zoo 
to do trick-or-treating there because that's one of their amenities year after year. And it's real cute because it's all real little kids for the most part. And the girls, they picked out their costumes this year from a costume shop that was going out of business, which is kind of a bummer for me because I enjoy the challenge of a, finding my sewing machine, and B, having to put something together for the kids. Uh, and I didn't, I wasn't that challenged this year. But they went as Batgirl, Minnie Mouse, ugh, and Spider Man. And it was very exciting for them to run into familiar characters and other kids, to run into them. It's cute. Kids get it so excited. But it was raining and very freaking cold. When we were there. Uh, and so I had the kids in hella layers. But Minnie forgot some gloves. So she was complaining about cold hands and sticking her hands up my sweater. I was like, just hang on to me. Or get under dad's coat. <laughs> so weren't there super duper long. Mm-hmm. But we had all the uh, the candy spots. Got all, got the, all the, spots. the free loot. And that's the important part. Yeah. Of Halloween in general. Looty boys. Yeah, that's right. And girls. Yeah. 100% completion looty, looty boyist. And got to slip into the tropics building to warm up, which was cool. Yeah. And got a picture of the kids in their cute costumes to send to the family and say, look at our cute kids this Halloween. Yeah, we had a bat girl. We had a spider man. We had a pumpkin. Yeah, Sam was my little pumpkin. And Minnie Mouse. We had a Minnie Mouse. Cena was Minnie Mouse. I was like, what was Cena? Well, they changed costumes today, which is like, oh, freaking me out. So the girls were like both fairies. Mm-hmm. And, and John, John was, was cat, cat in the, the hat, hat because of his favorite hat. He loves that hat. But he kept insisting he was Spider-Man. Oh. And just, I guess, to knock out today's thing and go out of order in time, which is fine. We made a grocery run today because we were out of milk, so we had to. had no choice, no options. Can't. Go to sleep without a little nightcap milk. And they had a Spider-Man work in the deli. I heard all about this. The kids were just beside themselves. It was a good Spider-Man costume, too. Nice. And they also had a creepy clown work in the deli. Ugh. And so the kids were like, oh, Spider-Man getting the chicken for us. I want Spider-Man to get the chicken. And it was Spider-Man to get the chicken. Nice. Didn't even have to put in a request. Mm -mm. That's cool. And it looked like they went trick-or-treating at the grocery store, too. Came home with a sack of candy. Yeah, they had little uh, table set up for candy handout. Yeah, that's cute. Makes pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool, especially because we didn't, you know, get to hit the streets tonight. So yeah, the girls always have fun dressing up. I don't think John cared. He did want to be Spider Man again, but well, those costumes got left behind in your pop's dress up room. <laughs> oh well. Shucks. Yeah, we did hit that. Uh, over the weekend, too, Pop's house. Yep. Always got to get yourself a good Pop's house in. Well, we were going to do an event up there, and those pussies canceled it yeah. because of a little rain. Raining. Raining. What are you going to do? Yeah, have fun with Pop. Anyway. Just eat the uh, spaghetti. Mm-hmm. We did a double spaghetti because we had uh, spaghetti with my buddy, Quinn. We watched the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Although he also did up some ribs and oh. fried some fish. What a treat. And the, both of those are his specials. It's so good. Especially the fried fish, man. When I, he had his window open when we walked up. His kitchen window was open and I heard the crackling of the oil. Uh huh. And I was like, 
my man's frying some fish. We're going to have some good ass fish. And we did. It's about to get fucking fancy in here. That's how I felt. It was great. It was killer. All I had to do was show up with some salad. And you got Bosco sticks, Bosco which I had stick. never heard of in my life. They had these at the fucking Valmarts. Yeah. And um, we used to eat them at school, at the shitty school lunch. It was like a big treat. You used to pay good money for your fake cheese and bread sticks. <laughs> Just like a shitty mozzarella infused breadstick. Dude. But yeah, that was a fantastic time. Yeah. But the magic of the Bosco sticks eludes me. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, I sacrificed them really. to the kids. I was like, you want more bread and cheese? A little bit of fake cheese? Here you go. <laughs> mm. But oh my gosh. Quinn's ribs? I didn't even sauce them. No. The seasoning, the crisp, like he had it perfect. Some of the greatest barbecue I've ever tasted. Sauce really... Is just for like bringing it back from the grave too. I think like it's always fun to have some sauce, especially if you have a special spicy sauce or some kind of interesting sauce. But really, the sauce should not be necessary. You know, if you are biting into some barbecue and you go, "This needs sauce," there's just a huge problem right there. Yeah, just, what you're dealing with is inferior barbecue, and too dry or not enough seasoning on the bark. However, if you eat barbecue and you go, holy fuck, I ate, I forgot the sauce. I ate it all. Then you know you've had good barbecue. Mm-hmm. And being in the, you know, world headquarters of barbecue, despite what Texans will try to tell you, I'm sorry, Texas. He's good. It's good. You're a good little brother. But <laughs> here it's a different standard. So it's got to be really fucking good to be passable to be acceptable, to be not clowned on. Uh, and sometimes that's a tough, uh, tough bar. Yeah. But not for Quinn, though. Mm-mm. Never a challenge. Just murders it every time. Unlike the, ch- the chefs. <laughs> uh, we do have a... Oh, and it snowed Sunday. It did snow a little bit. What's up with that? We're <laughs> not ready for that. It's still October. Yeah, luckily it didn't stick. Let's wait a little while. You did make it to Jackbox games for the very first time. Yes. Yes. The pick-me-up I needed Sunday evening. Was it? I mean, it's as fun as I've been telling you, yeah? Oh, yeah. It was a great time. So many awesome people there. I got to hear Bully Seed's lovely voice, which was exciting because she's still on my to-meet list. A Citizen was there. I don't want a list because you know how this goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's awful. So many of our friends were there, and it was fun hanging out and saying, Fuck the housework this week. It's Bowloween week. We can uh, catch up later. Tonight, we shall catch up with our friends. And so, yeah, if you haven't been to the MK's game night on Sundays, get in there. Yeah, every other Sunday. Every other Sunday. Just watch them on the uh, socials. We will be talking about it a little bit this coming Saturday because we have a Bulls with Buds announcement. And uh, I I don't know I don't know what Curiocaster is is doing. It's not showing my pending live tags. I'm I'm sorry. I don't know why. Everyone else is right. All the other I, apps I saw them in Podverse. I saw it pending in Podverse. Now the thing about Podverse is it only shows you the next one. Ooh. What's cool about Curiocaster is he just shows all of them. All so of them. you know if you have multiple pending live items like we 
almost always do. Uh, it's nice to be able to see those, especially because, you know, with us, there's like two coming up in the same week. So you kind of want to know about that. You don't want to wait for Tuesday to hear about something coming up on Friday or Saturday. You know, you want to just see that. But whatever, you know, we're still building the thing out piece by piece. We're early. We're early. Uh, but the whole point of this is we are going to sit down with the MKs, Mary Kate Ultra and Make Heroism. Yeah, Saturday. Woohoo! And uh, have a little bowls with buds. Just because the numbers were right again. It's 280. We had this weird thing. I don't know. 240 was them. 260 was them. 252, because they were in Uranus, right? 250, kind of honorary, because they were in Uranus. And uh, so they'll be back. 280. 240, 260, 280. Mm -hmm. How about them apples? Triple threat. Seems great. Seemed like a good idea, so uh, we did that, pulled that string. And I'm, I'm secretly in back channels to fill up all the rest of the year with lots more Bulls with Buds for your listening pleasure. Been getting a lot of positive feedback on the Bulls with Buds lately, so uh, I've heard you spoken, bowlers out there, and um, scheduling more, scheduling more and more. Soon I'll be scheduling 2024s. Nice. So, um, that's great news as well. And that, uh, that kills my recap. Kilt. Uh, other than we've been trying to get into the Halloween spirit with this, uh, this, what we do in the shadows binging, which was recommended by said MKs. It's true. Thank God too. Yeah. Such a fantastic show. Anything Matt Berry's in, I'm a fan right off the bat. Yeah. But finally a vampire with a mustache. Yes. We have been waiting. It's about time. <laughs> it's about time. And uh, that main vampire couple just, I think, represents us in a, in a television character way. Very relatable. Darling, every time Del Boy turns up, you start crying. I'm not having that. You're my sweet baby. And I'm here to stop that kind of jive. Yeah. And stop that kind of jive, you always do. Mm hmm I... Have not cried in a long time. What say we retire to our bedchamber and slip into some informal evening wear? <laughs> and by that, I mean the nude. By that, I mean the nude. The nude. Yeah. It just sings to us on a great level. So, appreciate the recommendation. Um, Fun Halloween binge. It wasn't until The Mighty Boosh, which you were obsessed with when oh, I met you. yes. <laughs> that I was exposed to Matt Berry. And then... Soon after, I found Snuffbox as one of his early shows that he did. Yeah, with Rich Fulcher, who was also in The Mighty Boosh. And ever since then, everything I've seen that guy do has just been... I love him. An international treasure. I love him a lot. Um, I know who else I love a lot. Who's that? Well, besides you, all the bowlers out there. Our bowlers. Oh, we love the bowlers, so... Uh, yeah, and we'd like to thank them up front, because it's important what they do. They are the second half of the value for value. Or as we kind of recently discovered, the love for love cycle, which the show represents. It's part of the value for value system. What does that mean? It means we put this show out without any paywalls, without any ad reads, without any strings attached, without any uh, prior promises, without any bosses or overlords saying, oh, you can't say this or this, but please uh, interrupt your programming to say this 
and hand us a piece of paper. Fuck all of that. For us to butcher. <laughs> all of that. I can barely get out what I've scribbled down on this little legal pad here. Uh, and anything else is just going to come directly through my mouth from the ether. Okay, and, and the other influences, I just can't have that, right? It's us and the bowlers. Nobody's getting in between you and us. It's just us. And that's what we like. It's pure. It's simple. It's love. There's no weirdness. There's no gotchas. Uh, and that's what we uh, just enjoy about it so much. That's what makes it pure. And we like to keep it pure, and we can only do that if people find value in it and return that value in some way, time, talent, or treasure, as uh, the podfather Curry likes to say over and over. I also like to say over and over, because it's the damn truth. And we thank people right up front because that's how important it is to us. There's a couple of ways that treasure comes in, and so we always start with those. And checking the PayPal, we did get a hot, fresh one today, but we also got a recurring donation from our good friend, the Rev Cyber Trucker. Thanks, Rev. His monthly 420 stonation hit uh, just a couple of days back, so we very much appreciate that. And those monthlies really help us out because all the bills are just auto-paid out of the same account. So it makes it easy. I don't have to fish through some other stuff and crisscross. It just keeps the whole bowl rolling down the lanes, hitting those pens week after week. Rolling, 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 yeah. Uh, but we also got a donation in today, 25 doll hairs. Oh. From our boy Sam. Thanks, Sam. Boxes. Uh, podcast partner. Oh, yeah. I'm Complex Candor. That's right. Complex Candor. No note, just the 25 buckaroonies. So we very much appreciate that. Thank you, Sam. Sam's also on No Agenda Social now. That's right. Systems Sam. Systems Sam. Uh, so look him up. Give him a follow. Bring him into this lovely family that we have going on here. Yes. Uh, we also really love and enjoy the interactive, in, immediate, uh, value for value over the lightning network on Bitcoin. Yeah. By the way, happy white paper day. Oh, yes. The white Big paper. Day. White paper was originally published 15 years ago today. Wow. That's right. So it's a fantastic, uh, it's a fantastic system. You can, what you can do is you take all of your clothes off. That's step one. Step two is you visit a site called nudepodcastapps.com. And then step three is you find yourself a better podcast app that supports this value tag situation that has been recently integrated into the RSS podcast namespace. And once you do those three things, well, you can send little pieces of Bitcoin, we call them Satoshis, directly to all of our nodes. And the beauty of it is the value gets split up and sent where it needs to go. And you can support not only us and the show directly, but also the guests that you hear on the shows that you are uh, hearing. You can support the Rev now, who has opted in for a split. Uh, the Boost Bot, the ISO Bot, the stuff, the infrastructure that keeps us going, and the apps that you use, and the Podcast Index. It's just this whole ecosystem that you keep alive just by participating. It's almost like made for value for value. It's just another layer. It's like value for value is evolving, and we are so here for it. Uh, I'll even give you the perfect song to 
Shake Your Naked Booty 2 as you go over to nudepodcastapps.com. I'm going to boost some stats. I've got 40,000 in my wallet. I'm, I'm, I'm boosting value contribution. This is fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. You got to love that. And I got to love scrolling back to my delineator. I always go to the six days ago we hear uh, from Harv Hat. And there he is. 1420 sets at a CurioCaster. Thank you, Harv Hat. Appreciate you. Uh, right after him, 3333 sets from CurioCaster. All right. That's from Chad F. Thanks, Chad F. He was saying, hot chapter talk. <laughs> And more tonight. That's when I first uh, was warming up for chapter time. So yeah, now I'm delivering more chapter talk for you, Chad. We have heard the demand. Heard the demand. It's chapter time, baby. Uh, he sent another 3333 in. Ooh. Also from Curiocaster. He said, thanks for the lightning note insights. Remember, he asked about what's the point? Why should I set up a lightning note if I'm just a listener? Yeah. And I kind of gave him some pros, but also said, you know, it might not be worth it. Might not meet the threshold for being worth it for... The individual. You'll have to evaluate that. Uh, he says, thanks for the lightning note insights. I might set one up someday, but for now, I'll just keep stacking, streaming, and boosting. Well, we thank you for your boost. Boost. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, next up, 3438 from Billy Bones. Oh, thank you, Billy Bones. That was a fountain boost. He was sending that to the Mousy Bear and Tunta episode. Very nice. Episode 276. He said... I appreciate the healthy insight into the relationship with oneself and how it all applies to our outer relationships. Great conversation. Thank you. It yes. was a great one. I really treasured that talk for sure. And I'm looking forward to the next one. You can't just like do it right away. Mm -hmm. Gotta give some time for that to marinate, you know? But yeah, I continue to receive great feedback on that one. So appreciate you, Billy Bones. And I'm glad that you uh, got that as well. A thousand sats twice from who knows. Don't have any information on this other than it's to bowl after bowl from Podverse. Wow. So thank you. Thank you, totally Podverse anonymous. User. So anonymous, it doesn't even say anonymous. It's just a blank. Wow. Uh, 777 from Sir TJ the Wrathful. Thank you, Sir TJ the Wrathful. He's boosting out of Ellen Beats. The wait is over. So he continues nice. to boost that. I appreciate uh, the love and the hype for that song. I uh, about shit my knickers because. They played it on the pre-show, and I couldn't catch Podcasting 2.0 live. But thanks to Nam and his genius uh, programming and uh, pre-planning, his stream records no agenda stream all the time. Sweet. Uh, his IceCast server. So I did hear uh, them play the song in the pre-show and Dave Jones giggle and say, I love this song, <laughs> which is just like all I needed. Yes. It was all worth it. Oh, my God. So thank you. And thank you, uh, Dan, for allowing me to hear that. And thank you, Sir TJ, for continuing to keep the song hyped. Keep uh, People keep requesting that here and there. And, like, I'm just always, my ears turn red every time, you know. I'm just like, gosh. Oh, so I figured it'd just be like a, you know, little three-day thing and be done. But people are still, uh, people are still playing that. They like it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Uh, 3333 next up from Dame Trail Chicken. Oh, bok, bok. Bok, bok. Thank you. And she says, 
I hope that Grandpa Sir Spencer becomes a regular during the Bitcoin segment. He seems like he knows his shit. <laughs> <laughs> You're goddamn right. Yeah, I love that guy. Uh, he'll he'll be a menace. Once that guy's around, you're not going to want him around. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> you're not going to want he's him the, around. He's the kind of guy that's going to just get in the car and get in the left lane and drive Uh-oh. 50 miles an hour as just part of his Sunday routine. Just to get some people to honk at him. Just to remind himself he's still alive. <sighs> so, you know, careful what you wish for. That's all I'm saying. Uh, let's see. We had another 50 sets. The wait is over. That's anonymous out of Ellen Beats. So appreciate that. It's still number 20 on podcastindex.top. Nice. It's hanging in there. (laughs) It's clinging on. Uh, The wait is, is going to be over. (laughs) Uh, lots of homegrown hits boost. You continue to rock it over there. Yes. Always impressed. Every Thursday, 7 p.m. Central on the Bowl After Bowl stream. We had a boost from Tunta, 3333, out of Fountain. Uh, oh, and that was a Vox boost. We did read that uh, on the Vox show. He yeah, was yes. so jacked. He said the absolute hugest, mainest reason to listen to Bulls with Buds tonight was Vox. Totally. Thanks, Which, Tunta. Which, uh, he was absolutely correct about that. We had several uh, several boosts to that, which mm-hmm. we appreciate, and we read all of those. On the show, except for Sir Truck Driver, who got at us the next day, 3333 out of Fountain. He said, great guest, great stories, enjoyed it thoroughly. Thank you, Sir Truck Driver. Appreciate you, brother. And, of course, Harv Hat was the uh, post-show exit boost out of Podverse, 3333 as well. Nice. Thank you, Harv Hat. Making Beans was getting some lover, uh, lovers, loves, from Rolling On Show. Very nice. So, uh, this is a show I've not heard of yet. It's Sir Truck Driver's music oh, show. Oh, yes, that's right. I have heard of that. The Rolling On show. So, Sir Truck Driver uh, has an interesting setup. And he's got these boosts coming in from Ellen Beats both times. A 500 sats for making Beans, 500 sats for The Wait Is Over. And each one says, great track, played on Rolling On on 10 23 So, that's oh, yesterday's yesterday. episode. Fresh, right out the jar. So you're going to want to listen to that. That's right. And you can find it on Ellen Beats in the radio tab, along with any of your favorite podcast apps. Ba-bam. There you go. (laughs) I knew he had started one, but I forgot the name of it. Names are hard, okay? And uh, it's all right. It is all right. I've accepted that from time to time on this show, each episode, I will look like a jackass a couple times. you... Caught me earlier, and I caught you this time. Yes, and that's why you're my sweet baby. You're my sweet baby. Shucks. Uh, 26,969 sats from Hey Citizen. Whoa. Thanks, Hey Citizen. It's a two in front of a 6969. 69! 69, dudes! And you would have slipped that by me had Helipad not put a little double kissy in the uh, boost there. Little uh, double lips emoji. You can never sneak a 69 by me. Uh, hey, Citizen says, how can you tell if you've been blocked by JCD on NAS? <laughs> um, well, you just click on his profile and scroll down, and if you can't see nothing, then that's a good indicator. Mm. That's how you can tell. I'm sure there are other ways, but that's, that's the best way to tell. 
By the way, blocks are kind of hilarious because you can just log out and go to their profile and read what you need to read. They just can't see your shit. And you know what? It's fine. It's easy. It's easy. It's whatever. It's part of the experience. Speaking of the experience, 100 sats coming in from Chad after the wait is over. Nice. Continuing to trickle in there. Oh. Uh, find it on ellenbeats.com. That's E-L-L-E-N-B-E-A-T-S.com. Uh, 10,000 sats from Dotard Ted. Oh, thank you, Dotard Ted. A man Dotard. I've seen around the uh, No Agenda Socials for quite some time, but I think recently stumbled onto our show. Very cool. Welcome um, to the bowl. He says, 10,000, by the way, from Fountain there. He says, hi, NA friends. What a great podcast. It was great to hear Vox's lovely voice and learn more about her as well. Great episode. Our bowls with buds are incredibly valuable. Uh, I love it because it, it gives us a chance to kind of explore people a little bit deeper than just your little micro blog situation that you've got over on No Agenda Social. Which, don't get me wrong, I love No Agenda Social. I think it's great fun. I think it's just very easy to miscommunicate there. Oh, yeah. And you also, because of the limited character and the limited format, and also it's just text on a screen, sometimes you can add, you know, like, emojis or uh an image to kind of enhance what you're saying but there's really no tone of voice or timing right yeah. so people are going to read it in interpret it in a in their own manner yep and oftentimes i find uh myself misunderstood over there uh yeah oftentimes i find myself misunderstanding people i also do that <laughs> yeah absolutely so you know it's easy to get uh the chris is crossed over there let's say but on a Bowls with Buds, it's nice because we can sit down, we can unwind, we can talk it out over a longer period, and you get a little bit more authenticity. Yes. And you get a little bit more, um, I don't know, nuance in the words that you're saying. And you can say something outlandish and then immediately kind of add some context and flavor to it that you can't really pull off on a microblog. So uh, I agree with you. They they. Or they've bring in, they've brought great value just to me, and I'm glad that uh, I'm not the only one. Uh, thirty-three thousand three hundred and thirty-three sats. Whoa! Next up from Dodder Ted again. Oh, thank you, Ted. Uh, this is also coming out of Fountain. He says, "Great discussion." This is, by the way, boosting the Mousy Bear and Tunta episode. Ah, uh, yes. He says, great discussion. In the movie Red Sparrow, the spy master teaches her young students the art of seduction. Quote, every human being is a puzzle of need. Learn how to be the missing piece and they will give you everything. Mm. For what is it to be loved, to be seen, to be recognized, to feel no longer alone? End quote. He says, the addictive fire of selfish erotic love, Eros, can help bind us into pure, unconditional love, agape. It is in agape that we understand each other and feel so torn when our love is tested. Mm. So I appreciate that thoughtful boost, and it uh, also made his way to Tunta, who was like very appreciative about it as well. He sent me a message and was like, oh, he gets it. Like The message came across. like That was exactly what he was trying to say. Yes. Among other things. And I really am excited down the road to get back into it and to get kind of to that full agape. Yeah. Uh, exploration as well. So thank you, Dodor Ted. Uh, next up, 10,000 sats from guess who? Ted? 
Dota Ted. Wow, thank you. Uh, oh, this is for Homegrown Hits, though. Ah, <laughs> cool. So you will uh, read that on the next show, but... Yes. He says, you ladies are lit, excellent chemistry, and a joy to listen to. Aw, shucks. Be love. It's always fun hanging out with Mary-Kate Ultra and Daisy B. Cooper. Definitely. Piranesi sent us a uh, little warm-up boost an hour ago out of Fountain, 55-55. Well, thank you, Piranesi. Appreciate you, brother. Uh, then it's 69-69. 69! 69, dudes! Uh, from Hey Citizen out of Podverse, he says, totally not gay boost, hashtag no homo. Not that there's anything wrong with that. <laughs> okay. This is a very straight boost. Slap on the ass. Have a good day. In the straightest way possible. Uh, 88-88 sets next up from Bully Steed out of Fountain. Bully Steed. She's bowling on Bolloween. 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 Oh, yeah. And she's got a bowling emoji and a pumpkin emoji. Nice. Double trouble. Oh, imagine throwing a pumpkin down the lane. Appreciate you. Could get kind of messy. That would be but messy. But would be fun. Uh, that wouldn't go straight at all. Thank you, Bully Steed. You would have to throw it like through the air most of the way, I think, to get <laughs> to get that pin action. And then it would just smash on the pin. That we're always looking for. And look at this pin action. Oh. Oh. Uh, Net Ned sent in a ten thousand sad boost from Hall uh, from Halloween from Fountain. <laughs> All right, thanks, Net Ned. <laughs> he said, "Trick or boost?" Ooh. Hey, why not both? Yes. No tricks in the bowl, just treats, baby. Uh, fifty-five, fifty-five again from Piranesi out of Fountain. Oh, thanks, Piranesi. It's hitting us uh again, and there's another one. Whoa! Another boost coming in. Those uh, crashing pins throughout the show, by the way, are live boosts hitting the bowl in real time. That's what makes it fun. You can kind of chip in your message and your sats and your uh, little thumbprint onto the show. Yeah, it's just. There's just something about being able to affect the show in that way. Produce it live. That, that is so appealing. It's part of the value proposition. 4269 from Harv Hat. He always hits us with that when we go live. He sees that pod ping go out and alert the masses that we are once again in the bowl. Uh, and he hit us from uh, the podcast index this time. Nice. Because he's always switching it up. I always tell people too, you got to get the multiple apps. You got to have several apps because you, the last thing you want is to just be sitting in this app that is, you know, they're all new, they're all kinks, kinks in the in the wire, here and there, kinky. And, the, and you know, the last thing you want to do, you, we love kinky apps, but if you've just worn an app down and it's like not tonight, baby, I've got a headache. You want to be able to, you know, still get your boost on. Yes. So I tell people, you know, use several apps. Use like two or three. You'll figure out which ones you like. You'll find, oh, this one has a feature this one doesn't have. And then you start talking to developers of all of them. And that's why we make the world better. Right? Multiple apps. Multiple apps. That's what I do. I got sats here, sats there, whatever. I'm running low in this wallet, but I got some over in this wallet. And uh, I'm too lazy to fill this wallet yet, so I'll just drain this wallet over here. No rhyme or reason. I'm just boosting from wherever is convenient at the time. Mm -hmm. Which I love. Uh, Dotard Ted, he's back. Oh, wow. He's boosting live. If he's out there live, uh, much love to you, sir. Yeah. 10,000 sats from Fountain. Nice. Thank you, Teddy. Love it. Mm, that's some tasty boost bait. And he says, happy Halloween. You guys are just great. Oh, shucks. 
Happy Halloween to you too. You're great. Shit, I love boosters. I love boosters. And uh, happy to have you on board. We're glad you're enjoying it. 2,845 sats is next up from Memes Leet. Memes. My man. My man, Memes. Uh, He's my good time boy. That's right. My good time boy. <laughs> my good time boy. Uh, he's coming in from Podverse, and he says, Split happens. Only one can be Leet. Lorian. In the bowl. Hey, yeah. Uh, my good time boy. Thank you. We drank, we've done drunk, drunk blood. Yeah, we did do the drug blood. We've done drunk, then uh, did drug blood. Done drunk it. <laughs> Next up, uh, 3333 shots. Woo. From the lovely Phoenix. Oh, nice. Princess Phoenix. Out Thank of you. Fountain. And she says, listen to the Lotus Effect Saturday at 4 p.m. Central, y'all. Hell yeah. There you go. The Lotus Effect podcast with, uh, with that one guy, phone boy. Girls, go, go, go get go your get phone, it. boy. There you go. On Saturdays, you can go get them. You can go get them both. It's a two for one mm-hmm. over at the Lotus Effect. Uh, Phoenix coming in again, 3333. She's lining them up back to back. Uh, also from Fountain, she says, Coffee and Chronic live 7 a.m. Central Monday morning. Start your week right with Phoenix and Empress Emily. Nice. Wake and bake with the babes. Very nice. This is news to me. This is news to me. Great. It's cool. Hear her on the scene. I'll have to check it out. Hell yeah. A little Monday morning coffee and chronic. No better way to start the day. Yeah, get your ass up out of bed and get some beans and some uh, buds in you. Uh, next up, 4,200 sats from Could It Be Phoenix again? Oh, thanks, Phoenix. Out of Fountain, she says, Happy Halloween, stony friends, with a little pumpkin moj. Yeah. Loving it. Hello, bowl. Phoenix, the triple threat. And then 17,776 from Booberry. Woo! Boosting uh, the Sovereign Way with Boost CLI. He says, there's a lot of kinky amps out there, but this is the kinkiest. Oh, yes. Yeah. Boost CLI. You can boost using the command line from your own lightning node. And guess what? I'll say it. It's easy. It's easy, unless you're using an umbral. But that's my own problem. Ooh. I have nothing to say about that. Still love you, C-dubs. <laughs> it's my <laughs> own retardation that I can't make it work somehow. Uh, hey, and yes, that catches us up to right now. We missed a boost. We missed a boost. Okay. Now, sometimes sometimes I didn't see them all in here. Well, so you'll have, to, you'll have to let me know. It did not come through to my node. Oh, now you're talking about a big bad one. Now we have to talk. The big bad. And there comes another one. But the goodest. So, for whatever Whoa. reason, bowlers, let me let me let me uh, let me preface this, if I may. For whatever reason, in Fountain, large boosts, and we can we can say for sure, six figure plus boosts have been working with the smaller splits that go to Isobot and that go to. Uh, Rev? The Rev, I I believe the Rev would still pass. I'm not sure. You guys are going to have to let us know and check in Fountain. But uh, for sure, Isobot, because we're actually able to still see them, including in the No Agenda chat. Uh, And for sure, the same size split is going to the boost bot is why we can see it. So Isobot, 
we're just assuming that also goes through because of the size issue. But Lorian and I are not receiving the splits directly to the nodes. And so it doesn't go to the helipad. It won't go into the bull chat, et cetera. And I've, I've reached out to Oscar a few times about this. I think that we just need direct channels or something is otherwise something is wrong with their logic for the bigger boosts. And I like, I hate to discourage bigger boosts from fountain, but like until they fix it, um, what you'll want to do is just as it sends, you should be able to go in your boost history and open up and see that all the splits are green and have a success message next to them. And if they're failed, let me know and send me screenshots either on NAS or Spencer at bullafterbull.com and I will forward those on to Oscar. The more information I can get about these boosts failing, I think the better we can solve this problem. But mm-hmm. just to preface this next boost that... um we still would like to honor and read. Yes, absolutely. This is from our dear valuable bowler, Circus Media, who sent in 103,123 sats and said, pre-boosting for the spooky bowl. Dame DeLorean, I'm sorry I missed your birthday. Um, It's the weed. JK, probably, which is all good, dude. Dates and names I suck at also. <laughs> Finally getting back in the car. Well, at least dusted it off to refill the wallet. I'll be tearing it up soon, Sir Spencer. I'm open to a ring of fire if you're looking. Ooh. Feeling much better about my node's stability on the Start OS box. Cool. As Mr. Battle say, says, stay dangerous, y'all. Kaka. Beautiful. Beauteous. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, and, thank you, uh, Circus Media. Kitsune has uh, added a little bit of flavor in the chat and informed us that Paytar's big boosts get blocked on Fountain to Bitcoin and... Uh, I think Bitcoin and is the name of the podcast. And uh, also, something is amiss. You are correct, Sir Spencer, at the outcome, not the cause. So maybe it's not a channel issue. Maybe it is Fountain just not processing these larger payments maybe they have a ceiling over there uh huh what why i don't know i will investigate further because this has now been a a couple of months at least there's been like two or three months where like nat nat hit us with a big boost mm-hmm. out of fountain and it's like you know we're supposed to just be able to jam that shit around yeah lightning fast ceiling we don't have a ceiling this is value for value there's no ceiling pew pew Fuck the ceiling. So I don't know if it's like a reporting thing or a little shitty little bullshit thing like that. Um, but yeah, let's figure that out. And uh, we will uh, please continue, by the way, to let me know if you if you have boosts and some of the splits fail. Just send me screen caps of that. And uh, and uh, I will go sniffing around with my big nose that I can assure you. I heard another boost rolling. That's right. Pin slapping. Just a boo, uh, a bowling, booling, huh? a booling emoji from our man Cotton Gin. Cotton Gin. Who sends. Thank you. Uh, 11,111 sats. Nice. From Podverse. So that's uh, five Richards in one satchel. Cotton Gin. Cotton Gin. Thank you, sir. Thank you, everyone. Cotton Gin in the chat room's going, uh, a bunch of boomers in here. Ooh, and Circus Media, test boost from Fountain, 6969. See, now that works. That one came through. Thank and, you, Circus uh, Media. It's bite-sized. 
So. 69, 69, dude. Something fuckery going on. Mm. So I don't know, man. If you just like the slots only so big, you might have to chop those up and and send them in smaller chunks. Which, by the way, is a pain in the ass. Fountain, what do you, what do you, why, 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 why you got to do that? Maybe I don't know. Maybe they limit their uh, max HTLC in the route or something. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. But I will look into it. That I can assure you, because pff, what's the deal? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell Dave Jones on you, bitch ass. We'll talk about it. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell. Him. I'm gonna tell him. He's not gonna be happy. How am I gonna get a baller shot collar, twenty inch blade? Not from Fountain. No ballers. I mean, they have baller boost. How is their baller boost chart? Uh, hmm. That just occurred to me. That just occurred to me. They frequently have six figure baller boosts on the boost charts. Uh. Yeah. Are all those going through? Now that's the question. Do you still get credit in the chart shit for these bigger boosts, but they just, some of the splits fail and that part's ignored in the background? Because this baller boost up here is one, two, three, four, five, six. Dwam. Dunno. I need answers, man. I need answers. Uh, Circus Media for 6969, it yet again says, disregard my NAS message. Thank you for your courage. 69! 69, dudes! That's just bait for me. Now I want to go directly over there and regard the shit out of it. Yes. I will I will resist the urge. I'm not even going to open it in another tab. I will disregard it. I respect <laughs> your wishes. Mm, but that's some bait. Some that, tasty boost bait it's right some, there. It's some fucking bait, I can tell you. I can feel the pull now. Go away, baiting. God, happy Halloween bowlers. And Thank you for the value for value. From the bottom of our bowls, thank you. Thank you. Much appreciate it. There are many ways to contribute value to the bowl, however, uh, such as being in the chat. One of the most valuable things to us, dear bowlers, everyone hanging out in the chat. It's awesome. It's lively. Keeps us on our toes going and makes us stronger and smarter because the bowlers contribute a lot of knowledge in there throughout the show. I try to credit them. I try to give them shouts out, uh, but sometimes I miss them and just steal their lines. And for that, we thank you. You can also pass the bowl to someone you believe will enjoy it because that's awesome. Then we get more bowlers in here. Mm -hmm. And that's an important factor, too. You wouldn't just hand a bowl to anybody. No. no especially no. if somebody might find it a little bit distasteful for you mm -hmm. to pass them a bowl. You know? Yeah. They may recoil in horror, you know? So it's not just like we want to... It's another piece of the value for value infrastructure, right? That's why we don't buy uh, social media ad campaigns and just throw our link in everybody's faces, you know? Yeah. If you know, you know. And then if you know somebody who needs to know, you tell them. And then everybody else, we don't, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not like that. We're not like, we're going to grow your podcast. We're going to grow your audience. 10,000 downloads. It's not the way we need to live. No. Happy in obscurity. We are led by value first. If you're going to get value, I'll pass you this bowl. If you don't want that, I don't pass that. If you're going to call the cops on me just for the offer, <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Yep. You could really get burned. Mm-hmm. So pass the bowl with discretion, we always recommend. Yes, most indeed. And finally, well, actually not finally, there's always art. 
Because now we got chapters, so we need even more art. More art. All the art you make, send our way. Fuck 10,000 downloads. We need 10,000 arts. Yes, please. <laughs> and jingles, too. If you love us, sing for us. Mm-hmm. And you can also sing in our voicemail or answer our first time I ever question. And tonight, for this Boloween episode, we want to hear about the first time you ever got seriously spooked. So all you have to do is pick up your phone and... Call 816-607-3663 And the play of This whole thing is very, very spooky. Yes! Yes! Better be. Better be spooky. (laughs) But even if it's not, we'll just love hearing from you. So, you know, call us. 816-607-3663. Send a text message if you're voice shy or in a dead zone like I constantly am. Uh, Or send a picture message. They're all received. Happily. Send nudes. Send lewds. Send your Halloween costume photos. And yeah. your treasure stash photos. Or and whatever's under that. Yeah. yeah. He's as mad as a wax banana. We are mad as wax bananas in here. Mm-hmm. It's because we are uh, on the drug blood. We drank the blood of some people, but the people were on drugs. And now I'm a wizard. That's right. You might not have realized this, but now we are wizard. Mm-hmm. Just another part of the value that we bring to you. Wizardry. Correct. From the bowl. Oh, my. So, yes, thank you. Thank you, everybody who keeps this thing going in all of those mentioned ways. Because it's a lot bigger. It's a lot bigger than just numbers on a spreadsheet. And that's what I try to get these pencil necks to realize, but it's all right. You know, someday they'll realize it. Maybe they'll never realize it. It's fine. It yeah. doesn't really matter because we get it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what makes it work. We get it and you get it. And that's a big enough party. That's a big enough party. We're just saving people one bowler at a time. That's right. Easy as that. Uh, we usually roll right into a little segment, uh, which I lovingly refer to as the... Oh, my God. Oh, and that right there is why you really want to build a node. Oh, my God. The timing oh is my. impeccable. <clears throat> C-dubs, 420 sats, podcast index, right there, live and in charge in real time. Thank you, C-dubs. What more do you need to build a node? If you're making content out there, if you're a content gosh, I hate that term. Or an artist. If you're an artist... Of some sort, and you make things for people in a digital realm, in a digital medium. Well, you could join this whole value for value thing. And the beautiful part of building your own node is it's your own node. So no bamboozles, right? Nobody can come in and go, well, you know, uh, that boost was well too big, so we're going to just not let it go through. Because we don't know what to do with the boosted. It's too big. It hurts our butthole. No. No, you can spread it wide open. And uh, receive all your own shit. And be in charge. 
Don't you want to be in charge when it comes to your value? Large and in charge. Just imagine the proposition is this. You've got a couple hundred bucks and you want to start your own bank and payment processor. And you don't want to ask anybody to do it. You don't want to show your ID. You don't want to show your passport. You don't want to get fingerprinted. You don't want to ask anybody's blessing or permission. You don't want to go into a storefront. You don't want to apply and wait and see what happens. You just fucking do it. You can do it. That's, a, that's what a lightning node represents. And boy, it is, a, it is a wild ride. It will teach you so many things about Bitcoin that you never, ever, ever, ever going to be able to learn reading some fucking book. Shit. I mean, I appreciate people who write the Bitcoin books and, and there's a lot of insight to be gained there. But like, imagine I'm a Formula One race car driver, but all I know about driving race cars, I've read from books. Am I going to win a trophy? No, I cannot. I cannot because there are some things you cannot possibly learn until you get in the car and drive. It's just as simple as that. Simple as. Simple as, simple as. I want to keep the on-chain, off-chain to uh, be relatively short this time around, but there are some funny headlines that I can't resist. In fact, there's one funny headline that I just absolutely cannot resist. The rest I can push off. The rest I can wait. Oh, okay. But the funny headline I cannot resist. Uh, this from the lovely, lovely people at No BS Bitcoin. No bullshit Bitcoin is the greatest. NoBSBitcoin.com. Uh, Wall Street Journal and Elliptic quietly issue small corrections to misleading data. Whoopsies. If you remember last week, we talked about how their big story was that, uh, oh, like $100 million was raised from this fucking uh, jihad, jihads mm. from crypto. Oh, yeah. And it spun into this whole hair on fire. We've got a regulate real quick uh -huh. right now and uh fucking fincen got involved in all this bullshit mm -hmm. well the story that started it all and got everybody's hair on fire and running around in circles the wall street journal has issued a small correction to the misleading hamas funding article that promoted uh that prompted a chain of events which eventually led to a new bitcoin patriot act is what they're calling it <laughs> proposed by the u.s treasury and fincen uh, here's Wall Street Journal's correction at the bottom of their article. Corrections and amplifications. Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Hezbollah may have exchanged up to 12 million in crypto since 2021, according to crypto research firm Elliptic. An earlier version of this article incorrectly said that PIJ had sent more than 12 million in crypto to Hezbollah since 2021, citing Elliptic's research. This article, this article was also updated to include additional context about Elliptic's research. The firm's analysis of digital currency wallets that Israeli authorities linked to PIJ found that PIJ may have used crypto to receive funds and to move funds to other terrorist groups. Elliptic said it isn't clear if all of the transactions it identified directly involve PIJ because some of the wallets belong to crypto brokers that may have also served non-PIJ clients. Mm. The original version of the article claimed that as much as $93 million had been raised by the militants between August 2021 and June 2023. A separate analysis by the firm Chainalysis, God bless their fucking Satan's dicks, found about $450,000 worth of funds transferred to a known terror-affiliated wallet. Meanwhile, surveillance firm Elliptic, 
whose data has been quoted in the original article, they have quietly altered their chart in the blog post that Wall Street Journal cited. So before they had this bar graph and it said number and value of crypto transactions received by Palestinian Islamic Jihad. That's the PIJ they keep mentioning. Uh, and now it says number and value of crypto transactions received by wallets linked to mm. Palestinian Islamic Jihad mm. by the NBCTF. <sighs> tricky, tricky. Could potentially may possibly be related directly to indirectness of Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Uh, the surveillance firm was quoted as seeing, uh, the surveillance firm Elliptic was quoted as saying, we're pleased to see the Wall Street Journal issue some corrections to their article based on our feedback. While we would like to have seen them go further, we will continue to engage constructively. Yeah, much further. Meanwhile, who fucking cares? Because it's one of those things yet again, right? We publish a bullshit news article that is a complete lie mm -hmm. that overinflates the number by 99%. Yep. Uh, and that doesn't mention, it's like, we'll take this one number that's kind of lower of possibly affiliated shit with, we don't really know because it's crypto going here and there. Although we claim we know because we're so fucking genius. And then when we get asked in court, well, can you prove that you know? And be like, well, you know, we can't really talk about this proprietary code. And like, you know, we can't really say it works. Okay. Hmm. You're full of shit. Chain analysis, you're full of shit. I'm sure that uh, Elliptic is just as full of shit. And the Wall Street Journal. So anyway, Wall Street Journal takes the number, jacks it up, says, no, it's all definitely Dirk uh, Dirk Muhammad Jihad money. <laughs> yeah. And then they just change the little correction at the bottom. Meanwhile, the pants on fire are still running around the world. Yep. This will continue to be cited. This will be continue to be used as some bullshit reason to push through this terrible FinCEN proposal. The FinCEN proposal is moving ahead and is open for public comments until January twenty twenty, uh, January twenty second, twenty twenty four. Right, the damage is done. So wonderful times. Thank you, fake news, for yet another fucking con job. Yep. Yep. Blah. So sick of it. Thanks for the quiet retraction. Partially walking it back that no one will see, except for us who already knew that it was bullshit in the first place. That's who sees the retractions. Uh -huh. The people that already knew it was bullshit. Yeah. It's just like, I don't know. What are you going to do? Fucking analyze my chain. Just fucking mind your goddamn business. Yeah, seriously. Well, we need it for safety. We're spying on you for your own safety. Don't you want to be safe? No, I want to stay dangerous. Fuck yeah. Kaka to you. Keep yeah. off of my goddamn chain. Sheesh. Uh, in much more pleasant news, KC Bitcoiners are going to have a uh, Beers with Bitcoiners meetup tomorrow night. Ooh. I cannot attend because... Oh, that's uh, right. Evening teach. Evening teaches for the next two... I got two more weeks of that. Uh, but that doesn't mean that you can't go. If you're a Kansas City bowler out there, uh, go check it out. These are some of the greatest people that you'll ever meet. Some great, uh, some great times had always by, and of course my fucking piece of shit computer. I'm pretty sure that it's uh, at Chicken and Pickle, but oh, let okay, me see here we go. Here we go. Yes, Chicken and Pickle. Chicken and Pickle. North, North KC. Kansas City. Yeah. That's a great spot. So the North KC location at Chicken and Pickles where it's going to be 6 p.m. Mm -hmm. And uh, you'll want to go. Go check it out. 
It's always a great time. There's also a Bitcoiners coffee meetup a week from this Friday morning. That is November the 10th, which I will be able to attend. So if you really, I mean, just because so I will go, then go to that one, I guess. But uh, you go to Chicken Pickle too. It's a great time. Mm-hmm. You go to both of them and you meet different crowds because you get the night guys and you get the day guys. And There you go. Yeah. There you go. And uh, my last note here is we're finishing up the Ring of Fire. We finally have all of our channels opened. Yay! Uh, Steve was out of town for a long while. Ugh. And so that obviously gave him a little trouble getting the channels open. So now he's back. He's in action. Everything's in place. So I just got to balance that channel. That's what I'm going to do tomorrow. And then, yes. The uh, wait is over. Circus, <laughs> the wait is over. Thank you. Uh, Circus Media mentioned he's getting froggy for a ring of fire we can do that mm-hmm. let me know what capacity you want you want one million two million three million five million sets whatever we'll figure it out we got people waiting for additional ones too so hopefully this next one will be a little bit quicker i've been working on this one for like three weeks man Oof. probably my longest uh ring of fire thus far but hey you know these things these things they take time if you want to do it right you're going to take your time and you're going to do it right that's what i i'd rather yeah. do it right than do it fast and fuck it up oh definitely that's all uh, I guess I should uh, start pimping um, Steve's event too. Speaking of Steve, uh, the great attorney Steve Sanders of famous uh, Donkey Kong world champion mm-hmm. and uh, local attorney, member of the Casey Bitcoiners. He is hosting a Bitcoin movie over at his law office. Ooh. And that's going to be Saturday morning. And by morning, I just mean in the barely technical sense, 11.45 a.m. here, FEMA Region 7 time. Uh, 10 bucks will be chipped in toward uh, soft drinks, beer, and pizza that we'll be having. Nice. And we're going to be watching Dare to Dream, a story from El Salvador. Cool. A Bitcoin movie. Uh, and when I say 10 bucks, what I mean is please bring 35,000 sats to contribute, to pitch in. Because, you know. It's a Bitcoin or mean it. Yeah. He also says, hey, bring 10 bucks. We'll teach you how to turn into sats and you can do it that way. Whatever. Oh, that's cool too. Whatever you like, you know, any way you split it. Little pizza and beer chip image. I'm going. You're going. The pack's going. So, you know. Be there, be square. Come hang. We got nine RSVPs so far and that's not counting chillins. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, I want to, like I said, I wanted to keep it light. My last very last piece of business is to say happy birthday to the white paper. 15 years. Yeah. Bitcoin still running strong. TikTok next block. Oh, I thought it was dead. It is. It is. It <laughs> is undead. The living dead. Therefore, it can live forever. <laughs> My good time, boy. That's right. My good time, Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. Most indeed. That Satoshi guy, he was... He's as mad as a wax banana. Yes. So, happy birthday. And uh, cheers to all you coiners out there. Cheers. Now, though, we smoothly transition into my favorite segment. Top 333. All right. All right. Last week in the bowl, we discussed the 33 Americans that were killed in the Middle Eastern conflict. Of course, there's more magic numbers related to the war this week. It rounded out to a trifecta, which Servo brought to my attention. The first story says that, according to the UN, 
33 aid trucks with water, food, and medical supplies entered Gaza on Sunday. This was reported first by the UN in a report, and then the Times of Israel picked it up. Uh, the trucks crossed in through Egypt, and it was the largest convoy since deliveries started a little over a week ago. Israel has said they will let 100 aid trucks in daily. Um, but all in all, in total, right now, well, as of this reporting earlier in the week, yesterday, I suppose, there were 117 total aid trucks that had entered Gaza, mm. if you believe the numbers. 33 in the headline, though, you know, that's what says it all to me. Drug in. Mm-hmm. Next headline from Servo was very interesting. Nearly 5,000 Thai workers have fled Israel since the Hamas terror attacks that killed 33 of them. And then you click on the article, mm. and there's no mention of these 33 dead. Uh. Now, I thought the 33 was the Americans killed. We just getting 33 killed from every country? 33, that's how many gotta die. Yeah, 33 from 33 countries, probably. <laughs> Sacrifices must be made. They just keep rolling in. But I did learn in the article that about 30,000 Thai workers are in Israel in their food industry. Wow. Uh, but other than that, yeah, I was just kind of baffled that the magic number wasn't in the story. Just thrown in that headline. Mm. Spooky. Pitching it in there. Mm-hmm. Double whammy out of Japan this week where the Prime Minister Kishida's approval rating hit a new low of 33%. After uh, discussing an idea to cut taxes to ease inflation, according to the poll conducted by Nikkei Asia, if I said that right, 65% disagree with this idea mm. of reducing income tax by about 200 bucks a person and local inhabitant tax by about $67. Thousands of yen. Thousands of yen. Thousands. Thousands. But I did mention there was double whammy, and that is that the yen sank to close at a 33-year low as intervention worries mount, according to the Business Times. Yes, mm. all bad. Also bad news out of Kazakhstan, which is ending cooperation with the steel giant ArcelorMittal after 33 were killed in a coal mine fire. 13 people are still missing in that coal mine. Uh, and it sounds like survival chances are quite low at this point in time. Um, our cellar middle, if that's how you say it, operates about a dozen mines in Kazakhstan. And this is the second deadly accident under their watch this year. Five died in the previous one. Uh, and back in December, 2022, um, they almost got banned from operation in the country because a worker died in a very hush-hush accident, or what they're calling an accident, at one of the factories. Mm. So, um, you know, I guess they just don't care about their human resources, is what it seems like. That's, that's a bummer, man. And that happens too many times. Three times, you know. Yep. Once, shame on me. Twice, shame on you. Thrice, fuck off. I also saw from Axios this week that one of the finger wag rioters on January 6th who 
allegedly hit an officer with a wooden plank got 33 months in prison. Bonk, bonk. He was 34 years old. Ooh. I know. I was uh, looking for the double whammy. Wasn't there. At the time or now? Mm, good question. I think now. Mm. Colorado man. Uh, 1,100 people have been charged and more remain under investigation. Holy shnikes. Wild when the government really wants to operate and, and do the do their job and get it done. <laughs> In hindsight, yeah. I'm so glad I had to fucking work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. The powers that be said, you've got shit to do. Yeah. That's not going to D.C., which I'm thankful because I also just hate visiting D.C. D.C. is the worst, man. Never had a good time. Mm-hmm. That's one of the last times I remember crying was in D.C. Do you remember? We were running late. It was raining, and we had to fucking book ass up a hill, and I was wearing heels, mm-hmm. and I was trying so hard to keep up with you, but then my asthma was kicking in. I didn't have no weed, no fucking inhaler, and I was just going, <laughs> <laughs> and then I just started crying. <laughs> you know? It was like fucking bronchitis or some shit. Wow, yeah. I had a almost uh, asthma attack in D.C. Mm. Fuck you, D.C. <laughs> <laughs> but we made it. We did the lobbying. Yeah, we, we did. We have fond memories of that we, day. We did make it. Safes. Despite the <laughs> town's ultimate plot against us. Oh, my God. Ugh. I was hurting, physically hurting my lungs. I am glad I did not drop dead in D.C. Let's put it that way. (laughs) It was really bad. Oh, there was an article from NBC this week that threw up the magic number also, and it doesn't say it's an opinion piece. It's just a bunch of bullshit numbers. And the headline reads thusly, for the first time since COVID, and I want to mention that first is the number one ST for the one ST time since COVID, anti-Asian hate dropped, period. What's behind the 33% decrease, period? I hate this headline. Two sentences, first with a digit, then with a period, but it seems like it should be asking a question. Ugh, who reads this shit? Me. Because I had the magic number in it, 33% decrease. Okay. Did you fuckers even go to journalism school? Do you know why there's a 33% decrease in Asian hate this year? I don't. The real reason is that... Is it because me so horny? <laughs> well, the reason that they push the most is that there was no president saying Chinese flu, which actually okay. I don't remember a president saying Chinese flu. I think it was the China virus. I'm pretty sure that's right. China, not Chinese. So China. Already bad reporting. Headline sucks. Now you're lying to me. But here come the numbers that bolster their percentage. Last year, 746 Asian hate crimes were reported. And this year, 499 Asian hate crimes were reported. Also, they mention in here, which fact check needed, quote, the economy's doing a lot better right now. No. Oh. <laughs> someone should fucking excuse me. Someone should tell the grocery store prices that they haven't caught up to the booming economy. Oh, yeah. Look at the housing market. I mean, it's just ripe for new families looking it's for like, their first home. Ooh, gas is almost back down to three dollars even. What the oh. fuck? Like, it's, it's Nothing still to a rejoice. rape. Still yes. a rape. 
Yes. Great God. Raping in every direction. They're pillaging us, yeah. the people. It's fucked up. Yeah. The little guy's got and no choice. He's just got to jam that fucking thing in his tank, no matter what, you know. People read and write this trash. That's what really gets me and just fucking rattles my bones. They read the line, the economy is doing a lot better right now. And they say, huh, yeah, I guess it is. Ooh. The fuck? Do you look around? Do you talk to other humans? Do you listen to other humans? Or just fucking read things like signs as you're driving by? <laughs> oh, I don't know. They, those SSRIs are strong. <laughs> I'm telling you. Must be in the water. Must not be filtering it out. Anyway. I have one more magic number story that I had to squeeze in here tonight. It was more than a top three thirty-three. It was a lot of fucking thirty-three. RTX to locate thirty-three million dollar missile factory in Camden, Arkansas, will add thirty jobs. Not thirty-three jobs, thirty jobs. Now RTX was formerly known as Raytheon. I said, "Oh, that's a name I recognize." Uh. RTX, I wasn't sure about Raytheon. Yeah. They're making uh, the Tamir missiles in East Camden, which will be used as part of Israel's Iron Dome defense system and the U.S. Sky Hunter defense system. Yep. Uh, eventually, once they're up and going, they expect to make between one and 2,000 missiles a year. So they're hoping, their goal is to start production by 2025. So I guess this, uh, you know, they're expecting war to keep going because war is a racket. It's good for business. Their business, not ours. But uh, I know what's good for us. And that is going behind the curtain. Oh, yes. And this wonderful bowl of ween. Fill my bowl. I love it back here. Me too. Me too. But you know what rolled out like clockwork this week? for this bowl. What was that? Oh, the warnings about checking your kids' candy to oh, see if they're weed course. edibles. Oh, man. Everybody's so sick of that, actually, that I've seen a lot of posts that are eye-rolling about it. I've seen... Yes. And I was listening to the radio. Radio. On the radio. And uh, on my way back from the grocery store, uh, on the radio, uh, the, the DJ was like, yeah, and just a public service announcement. I said it last hour. I'll probably say it in the next hour. But no, your kids are not getting free drugs in their candy, <laughs> like the news said. Good. They've only been saying that every year since 1952. That's always bullshit. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. Thank you, dude. Yeah. Uh, doing the Lord's work. They're too fucking expensive. Edibles in state legal markets? It's like... I mean, yeah, you can make edibles just, in Minecraft. It's just affordably. like... They fucking publish that story every fucking year. And the retards at local and county police departments put out the fucking press release every fucking year. It's like uh, the douchey type real estate agents have this kind of calendar of events and it looks at like the national pot. Oh, today's national taco day and all that kind of shit that rolls out and you yeah. just make a dumbass social media post. That's totally bland and fucking saltine cracker. It's like one of those. It's just like another one of those like, Oh, today's the day we talk about the drugs and the candy. Cause that happened never ever. But uh, you know, we got to warn people. Mm-hmm. Just in case. It's so dumb. I couldn't even guess it when you were saying it. 
Yeah, I know. Sorry. Uh, I only saw one news channel that actually had a report on it. Uh, and so I will play it because we can laugh about it. And uh, any guesses what city in America would play such a warning? Mm, Miami. No. New oh. York. No. San Francisco. No. All right. That's my three St. Louis. Oh, my God. Yeah. You, you fuckers. Know. Well, here we go. I'm going to play my clip. Oh, you fucking assholes. Michelle Arrenning, good morning. St. Louis Children's Hospital ER officials say kids have ended up not only here in the ER, but also in intensive care after accidentally eating marijuana products. And as it any wonder why, take a look at this packaging. Halloween night in particular offers an opportunity to get these and packages of candy mixed up with potentially serious consequences for children's health. Dr. Lizzie Klukies, Washington University emergency medicine physician says, with the recent legislative changes around marijuana, they are seeing children unintentionally ingesting marijuana products. She says they can look just like candy or brownies or cookies. So if you have these products in your home, make sure, or in the next couple days in particular, they are stored away outside of the kitchen, out, out of sight, so they're not confused with the Halloween candy goodie bag. Well, man, we like got trick-or-treaters at the door, man. Uh, hand me those gummies over there, man. Those are just for the kids, right, man? <laughs> Never gonna happen. Oh, my fucking God. However... I did look up how stupid have we been earlier? How many children wound up in emergency rooms from ingesting weed edibles? And it was right around a hundred, according to the FDA, between 2020 and 2022. So the whole country, only a hundred ER visits over the course of two fucking years. So this is not a problem at all. Now, it's a statistically insignificant number. When it comes to edibles winding up in candy bags, you get the warning in every freaking state, in every publication. It's like some fucking big pharma ad that they have to push. You know, the scare tactics. Got to scare them for Halloween. Well, I only found one police report of it actually happening mm. and do you want to know where it was st louis yeah, well basically st <laughs> charles st <laughs> fucking charles where someone can afford to lose their edible i am going to drive five hours to kick all of your asses right now this is a, a, it's unacceptable it still seems pretty sus to me you know it was a delta eight gummy um and it just <laughs> like I, who call, who who calls the police on that? Who calls the police? It's like St. Charles. Yeah, I guess. It was allegedly the grandparent, so they freaked out. There's pictures online you can find of it. You know, it's a 50-state legal Delta 8 gummy. Well, except for the handful of states that have outlawed hemp products. All THC bad, in their opinion. Um, but I thought, man, like, maybe a parent just got caught with their gummy and then it rolled into some big lie and they had to, you know, cover their ass with the police department or mm -hmm. something, but stupid one, one this whole time. It's really more like four hours. I can do it in three and a half. Mm -hmm. So enough of this. Tunta in the chat <laughs> posted an article from CNN that says a young child goes to the ER for medicine poisoning, poisoning every 10 minutes. And I believe it. 
I hate the fucking here's why on the end of the headline. Oh, yeah. Well, you That know. type of bullshit. Any headline that ends with like, here's why, or, and that's a good thing, or some bullshit like that. Yeah, or, the, or study show. You'll always see the propaganda against weed with it's being marketed to children and dirtier, but hey, every pill could potentially look like candy, colored or not. If mm-hmm. it's round, it's a smarty, right? So, fuck off. It's so frustrating. Uh, but you know what we have to do? What? Let's blame it on the weed, oh, everybody. Yeah, of course. The most dangerous of the medicines. The Just weed. kidding. The one that, if my kids got a hold of it, I would be the least fucking worried about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well. Madness. I Makes me mad as a wax banana. He's as mad as a wax banana. Yeah. I await the Halloween where none of these stories roll out. Yeah, that'll be a long wait. It was down. Like I said, that was the only TV news report I caught with the warning, though. I, this is the first year I've ever seen pushback on it that hasn't come directly from one of us. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, I mean, more people are being like, hey, you know what? Shut the fuck up about that already. Yeah. People who enjoy their edibles. You dummies. <laughs> C-Dub's in the chat was taught how to swallow pills with Skittles. So there you go. Oh, nice. Direct correlation. Very nice. I was taught how to swallow pills with pills. Yeah. Same. I wasn't taught. They were like, <laughs> you just got to fucking do it. And I was yeah. like, yeah. I'm too scared. I had these big fucking horse pills that made my piss smell funny. I hated Ew. them. One time. Horse piss pills. Yeah, it was weird. Gross. Well, you know what else is gross? <laughs> the National Institute of Health is calling for the creation of a centralized marijuana research center. Oh I found this on the NIH website where they are offering a grant to come up with one as a way to uh, finger wag, help scientists overcome barriers to studying weed under Schedule 1 prohibition. Seems like a pretty bad sign about it getting descheduled or rescheduled, huh? If they're offering uh, a lot of money to create this thing. Like, why would they want to reschedule or deschedule weed? It's not in their business interest. Anyway, institutions invited to submit applications include and are limited to universities, nonprofit organizations. That's your biggest opportunity right there local and federal government agencies and then it says and more but there were no more listed pretty sure it's gonna end up at a university anyway though the letters of intent are due by march 16th of 2024 which is also when applications will start to be accepted so they have three core components they want this research center to handle regulatory guidance, research standards, and research support. So here we go. Mm. Another round of the propagandas. Our research versus, you know, because they always say there's no research being conducted or that the research that's out there is bunk. Mm -hmm. Fuckers. Man, them studies. Yeah, and they get to just give us their bullshit and explain why they should pull the cannabinoids out of the plant and put it into pills. That's yeah, what they always you know, want to do. If we can, like, isolate the molecule and then replicate in a lab, and then we'll give you this piece of shit called Marinol, and it'll be safe and effective. Side effects may include intense fucking headaches and other issues, including death and diarrhea, <laughs> which you don't get with weed, the plant. Like, we have a plant, it already works, and you want to fuck it up to make money. Yeah. You're an evil piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like the, uh... 
you know, tar of the poppies to opium to fucking heroin pipeline. Thanks, Bear. You fucking dicks. Normalize injecting yourself with shit that we stomp on. And then they warn you in school about your, your drug dealer adding shit you don't want into your products. Yeah, that's you, Big Pharma. Yeah. I see you out there stepping all over the shit. We got a pink opiate problem, right? And people are like railing the opiate pills. So what we'll do, this will be brilliant. What we'll do is we'll we'll cut all the pills with Tylenol, right? So that you just fucking, your kidneys shut down and your liver is fucked before the uh, opium can even kill you. We're saving the world. We're big pharma. Yeah, safe and effective. Not. It's the worst. It's fucking clown world. It's opposite day every day. If they say it, it's probably a lie and it's backwards. So safe and effective means inefficient and fucking dangerous. Oh, well. Anyway. Interesting happening. Um, Some weed companies under the lead of multi-state operator Verano Holdings, specifically out of Massachusetts here, well, they have gotten together to sue the Attorney General Merrick Garland to block enforcement of what they're calling unconstitutional federal prohibition. I'm a little surprised this is the first time it's happening. Holy based. Yeah, holy based indeed. Uh, Of course, their claim is that Perpetuating prohibition in state markets is unconstitutional, which checks out with me, I would say so. It's fucking unconstitutional from the very jump, but okay. Yeah. Whatever we can get. Here, makes sense, yeah. They uh, claim in their suit that it creates undue public safety risks while precluding licensed weed businesses from accessing critical financial services and tax deductions available to other industries. Yeah, lots of problems here. Um... The other groups on this lawsuit include Canna Provisions, Wiseacre Farm, and the CEO of Trevit. So they are being represented by a big name law firm here. Uh, and I always say it wrong. Boyes, Schiller, Flexner, and Lesser, Newman, Alio, and Nasser LLP. Big fucking group right there. But <laughs> Boyes... That's how I'm going to say it. Um, represented the Justice Department, Vice President Al Gore, and the plaintiffs that invalidated California's ban on same-sex marriage. So they get shit done. We'll see what happens with this. I haven't seen any major uh, publications talking about this lawsuit. Just the weedy activist, you know, papers. MJ Biz Daily, Marijuana mm. Moment. Uh, High Times hadn't even written about it, or I don't know if they caught up, but yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. It's That's exciting. It's a hurry up and wait situation with the courts, of course, but here we are. I'll stay on top of it. In Alabama, you remember their medical licensing t- nightmare where they gave licenses, but they didn't actually give the license. They just said, hey, you got it. And then they said, oh, just kidding. Our scoring was wrong. So we're rescinding your license. Verano specifically. So they got taken to court over it. And then the judge was like, yeah, they have the right to do that, though. So you're just out of luck, Verano. You remember that story? Of course, yeah. Well, huge update there. The Alabama Medical Cannabis Group has decided to reset the entire process. Oh, my God. all 90 applicants are now back in the running. It is on, folks. It is on. 
it is on. Yeah. Do over. Everybody just ugh, go back to the beginning. Do over. Yeah. Yeah. We really fucked it up this time, I guess. Wow. They admitted. <laughs> they saw Verano's lawsuit and got horny. They're like, shit, we need them. We need them to get a license. Okay. Previous scores totally allowed, but all you applicants have an opportunity to contest them. So we'll see how that goes. Wow. That's, uh, you know, not corrupt at all. Brandon was like, hey, wait a, wait a goddamn second. We have a bunch of money, so, uh. Let's say. How did, how did we fail the application process? We have all this money. E- and the government was like, holy shit, we didn't know you had all that money, man. Auga, auga. Yeah, yeah well, we like money, though. All cash, baby. Yeah. I like money, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, the state does, indeed. Like, it's money. Like in Georgia, where the pharmacies are now selling weed. Yeah. I saw a bullshit poll that I'm not including in the show notes that said 65% of Americans, right, which is already pulled out of someone's ass, would feel better about getting weed straight from their clinician. Hmm. And that really creeped me out. I'm like, I would like to get weed from the person, the human being who grew it. I think that would be cool. I would like to visit your acre of weed, pick my buds, and be on my merry way. Not go to a fucking pharmacy, which is already creepy as hell and always has the horrible fluorescent lights and the sterile whiteness and overpriced bullshit I don't need. Pig pharma representatives running around. Ugh. No, thank you. Weed is not a doctor's game, in my opinion. It's just a plant, and it should be no big deal. Oh, but it is a big deal to uh, big alphabet soup agencies, kind of like the Department of Homeland Security. And I have a story, a little clippage, from Hawaii. Just last week, this greenhouse was filled with rows of marijuana plants. That's before a raid that took the owner by surprise. It's freaking crazy, man. It's like super shock. And we've never received any complaints or non-compliance paperwork from those guys. As a matter of fact, they were writing cards two days before our raid. Jason Hanley says the state health department approved about a thousand patients to grow their medicine at the North Shore farm. Days after federal authorities seized almost a thousand marijuana plants here on the North Shore, Care Wailua is hoping to reopen. We're going to start replanting and growing and, uh, you know, and just moving ahead because we didn't get a cease and desist either from the federal government. Under state law, medical cannabis patients are allowed to grow 10 plants each, with no limit on how many patients can grow at the same site. But marijuana is still considered illegal under federal law. Homeland Security Investigations hasn't responded. The state health department told KITV4 that patients at Care Wailua were reminded last week that only they or their caregivers are allowed to grow cannabis. Until things are cleared up, many patients don't know how they're going to deal with their chronic pain. After a while, that pain is just, it's like it's eating under my skin, moving around. It's hurting us bad because we don't have the money to go to the dispensaries. So now, because of what they've done, we have to suffer. Yep, pretty fucked up. That's how it happens every time. The patients are the ones that always receive the brunt of the bullshit. And they're the ones going in and growing these fucking plants. Them are a caregiver. Right. And then the feds come in and destroy it all. And there's no paperwork for why. 
You know, there was no warning. No. They just came in and took it all. And they get a little fucking hero boner over doing it. Yeah. Filthy. You filthy fucks. Yeah. And Harv Hat in the chat is right. Why is Homeland Security involved? They're supposed to be worrying about terrorists. No. Stoners yeah. are terrorists, I it's guess. another fucking alphabet soup agency crawling up your ass. Because of course they would be. And it just makes me so sick that they don't even have to have a reason why. They can just go in and do this. Fuck that. I yeah. would, uh, if I found myself in the situation, it would be sticky. Let's just put it that way. Because that's so fucking wrong. No human being should be able to come onto your property and fuck with you and take your shit. I don't care who you work for. It's a fucking gang with a badge. Makes me sick every mm-hmm. time. It plants. It's not like the plants are hurting anyone. They're helping people. But that's the thing. Help is bad because then you're not sending your dollar bucks where the dollar bucks they want to be going. That's right. Where they can funnel them. Fucking pharma mafia. Yeah. So I was just excited to hear um, the main guy from Care Wailua here say, hey, we're going to replant and start going again. Yeah. Because no rhyme or reason why this happened. That's right. So Overgrow the government. Yeah, that's right. Be a, Suck our Kualua dicks. Yeah, be a Johnny Pot seed in Minecraft, of course. Yeah. Now, the social equity nonsense is going on in pretty much all of the legal states, and Missouri is obviously one of those, because I have right here a postcard that I received from an out-of-state company saying that if I had a weed offense on my record, I had a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to apply to be a social equity business license holder and that they would help me, you know? And I'm sure that there, if I got in touch with them, there would be a bunch of fucking paperwork and I'd sign my soul away to them. And then they come in and say, well, we funded this whole thing, so it's ours. Thanks for letting us use your name to win the lottery here on the however many handful of licenses were given out in the name of social equity. So the Missouri Division of Cannabis Regulation did say, hey, there's no... Uh, changing hands of the licenses without contacting us and paying a fee. And everyone knows that's not enough. These social equity applicants that rightfully won the licenses under the premise of how it's supposed to work have already signed them away, unfortunately. Mm. to big money. Out-of-staters. And... Uh, you know, this fee, 40 bucks, whatever, to move it over. No one's worried about that. So other people, other watchdogs, groups like the NAACP here in Missouri are putting a fire under their ass to do more. And they went through uh, and talked to some of the social equity applicants who were awarded licenses. And lo and behold, they have signed contracts and made agreements with big money players, big fish out there. Uh, The story from the Missouri Independent will be linked in the show notes if you want to read into detail of all the stuff and who these big players are. Um, But (laughs) the division, the state, uh, says, well, you know, there's going to, we're going to review the licenses and there's going to be a post-licensure verification process where the division will determine whether any micro-business applications were false or misleading so that, you know, all the licenses are majority owned by eligible applicants. And we might get that done by the end of the year, which is a pretty short deadline. End of the year is coming up. But if they don't take action 
And if they don't revoke the two licenses that journalists pinned down as already having moved hands, the NAACP is going to consider litigation to obtain a cease and desist order on the entire micro-business program. So we'll see. I mean, consider is not a strong word. And you know, I've said it in the bowl a bajillion times. I hate it when people announce litigation before actually filing paperwork. It's crazy how often that happens. It's like they're trying to like... It's not a strong negotiation. It's just like... doing a juke move. They're seeing if they can rattle the cage without actually having to do anything. Yeah, and action speaks louder than words, motherfucker. So all talk. But hey, now that they said it, I'm going to hold them to it. Yeah. You know, when you start seeing these fucking big players moving in, you say, hey, where are you, NAACP? Yeah. We're from the show me state. Show me them titties. Yeah, that's right. Show me some ma and pa micro businesses. That <laughs> yeah. name is so fucking offensive. Mm. I hate it. So gross. It's written into our state constitution. But state legalization here really rubs me the wrong way. But some people who go out and vote yes on fucking everything, like taxes, may be happy to hear that according to local Kansas City reporting, money from the doubled-up, double-stacked pot tax in the KC metro area will help expand winter weather response. Oh, cool. Yeah. $500,000 will be allocated for the housing department to provide shelter, transportation, and other services to the homeless, which they once again did not call homeless. They called them houseless, houseless. this time. Sure. Um, and they are using... Because home is where your fart is. Exactly. They're using eight different shelters and 15 other unnamed organizations. So I oh, feel like at this point, if it's cold outside and I see someone sitting on the side of the road, I need to get a phone number where I can fucking call and say, hey, you got to send a bus over here. My taxpayer money was promised to go to you to make sure no one is sitting out in the cold, damn it. It's like, you know, you want to hand, you might want to give some blankets and jackets to these people sitting on the side of the road. No, let the state do it because they took our tax money if you bought pot legally, and that's their fucking job. There you go. I mean, I don't really want to hold them accountable to the expense of a human being who might very well freeze to death, but. God, it makes me so fucking mad. They make all these promises, you know? Of course. And I'm just saying, I better not be seeing homeless people on the streets. Kansas City is very well organized with the shelters. Mm-hmm. We have a wonderful program at keeping people off the streets. You really don't see homeless encampments if you're downtown. Every once in a while off the side of the highway, you might see one. But pretty clean city. And we have good rehabilitation programs. So let's get on it. $500,000, that's a lot of dollar bucks. That is. (laughs) And homelessness was just one of the three pillars they promised to take weed money and uh, clean up. The other was literally trash, trash cleanup, and then violence prevention. So yes, dollars can stop violence. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It's, uh, it just makes me mad because there's also the lawsuit still going on in the state. Hurry up and wait with the courts, of course, um, saying, hey, you aren't supposed to stack those taxes. So you fucking fat cats, enjoy it while you got it. 
Because <laughs> it might not be there forever. Damn it. Yeah. Otherwise, Lorian's going to come and kick your ass personally. So I would just fucking do what she says. Ugh. I don't even buy dispensary weed. Like, it's not my money, but it still pisses me the fuck off. People work hard for their money. And then you just take it and do nothing with it. You just blow it. Yeah, that shit's ridiculous. Because this is, they can't prove what they're doing with the money, you know? They say they're going to provide bosses and whatever, but we don't really know that. Anyway, I digress. The bowlers, they're caught up. They understand. I'm just fucking blathering on about it. <laughs> what? Oh, there's some pins knocking down. I heard them. It's Hey Citizen. Hey, Citizen. He's sending us uh, 6969. Woo. Can you believe it? 69! Yes. 69, dudes! 6969 from Podverse. He says, Fuck! I'm wasted as fuck, so I body again. <laughs> I'm glad you bodied, hey, citizen. What he said was, uh... We've done drug blood. Drug blood. Uh, or maybe he said, uh... I drank the drug blood. Yes, I drank some drug blood. Yes. Yes. Uh, and then he boosted back again. Uh, with another one. 69! 69, dudes! Woo! And he said, uh... We're on drug blood. <laughs> no, he said, and by body, I meant boost. Oh, yeah, he mean boost. And by body, I mean boost. Boost. He boosts again. He's a wizard. On the drug blood. Yes. He drank the blood of some people, but the people were on drugs. And now I'm a wizard. I'm glad that the Wi-Fi reaches out to the chicken coop so well. It's so that he can boost. Full bars out there, man. Hmm. <laughs> well, I have one more Kansas City story. Okay. Um... The Kansas City Star has been doing some really good reporting, digging into the Smoky River Entertainment District. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Legalization like passed, and it was fucking there. A district where you can go see concerts and smoke weed out in the public, even though we don't have public consumption. Yeah. Which or is... lounges with membership. Nothing. Mm -hmm. But here is this huge fucking development out there. Already had a 420 fest and all that shit. Well... They did some digging and reporting on the developer behind it, guy by the name of Jack Mitchell. No surprise, he was a previous member of the board of directors of the MoCan Trade Group. And uh, <laughs> nice. very well connected to Bezame Wellness and Beza Hospitality, which are mm. represented by a very well-known lobbyist who goes by the name of Steve Tilly, Strategic eh. Capital Consulting. Perdón, es Bezame. Bezame. Besame. Besame. Ooh, la la. Ugh. Anyway. Because I like your taco flavor kisses. I did Besame. not realize this, but Riverbend, where the Smoky River Entertainment District is, is a village, a very small municipality mm. on one side of the, or the other of the city. I think east side. Only 11 people are registered to vote in Riverbend. Nice. There you go. And the village clerk is Jack Mitchell's daughter. Oh, sick. Don't you love how this is working out? Of course. Out? Yeah. That's yes. gangster shit. Yeah. Yeah. Gangster shit. Exactly. That was just politics. It's just politics, you guys. Uh, I didn't know this, um, but, you know, there was a large cultivator from the Kansas City area, licensed, of course, um, trying to get a building permit to expand in the Riverbend area. And then they basically got told to fuck off. So they opened an ethics complaint 
against Mitchell here. And uh, after some reporting from the KC Star following all this, the chair of the village's planning and zoning commission, a guy by the name of Ben Hoffer, who has ties to the entertainment district we just talked about, submitted his letter of resignation without saying anything this month. Mm. So now Riverbend has their hands up saying, we can't do anything, we can't move forward with any business plans because we don't have a chair for planning and zoning. And would any of you 11 registered people like to fill that seat? Just let us know. Um, But it's a whole shit bag here because at the 420 Fest, I believe, someone OD'd. Not on weed, obviously. Had to be, you know, something else. (laughs) They didn't say. um, My guess is going to be fentanyl would be a good one to blame and point fingers at, but just a whole fucking mess and it sucks that it makes weed look bad you know you have a weed fest and a place where you can smoke weed and then someone's doing too many other drugs and fucking dies that's so funny that fucking river bend shit but yeah now we it get reminds a- me of uh that no man's land they got out between uh independence and kc blue summit they mm-hmm. call it dog patch it's a similar thing going on where it's this weird like section of town that's just not regulated as much because nobody wants to fuck with it and so they put weird shit like that's where the spot was you know that the swinger club that uh had all the shootings that got eventually shut down yeah i'd never been out there but Mm -mm. it was like the one that you didn't want to go to you know yeah exactly uh, avoid at all costs the dog pet shit wild west shit exactly it's like one of those towns it's not even a town. It's, it's not like, a town. It's a fucking it's a, village. It's apparently. a square on a map that is controlled by other forces. Yeah, many such cases. Yeah, many such cases, and a total lack of transparency from fucking every angle. Of course, including right. most of the journalists out there who aren't doing their jobs. This this is a kid that did this reporting and broke this news, and I'm so proud of him. Graduated from fucking Mizzou. 2020 with an investigative journalism minor because that's all you can get now can't go the whole ride it's all like pr shit <laughs> yeah, at Mizzou. Yeah. they don't take journal they say they're still you know number one journalism school but then it's, it's all stratcom strategic communications yeah exactly exactly so advertising um, whatever you want to call it <laughs> yeah <laughs> advertising that's the true name yes. for it um but Case and Bayless, I see you out there. Good job. Good reporting. <laughs> that made me really excited. Oh, anyway, what didn't make me so fucking excited is that it wasn't Halloween targeted, but Nebraska's attorney general filed a lawsuit this week against 10 retailers in the state, alleging that they're violating consumer protection and deceptive trade practices for packaging edibles like child-enticing treats, his word, not mine. Um, And we're talking about Delta 8 here, which was, at one point in time, 50 state legal under the 2018 Farm Bill, which put a limit on Delta 9 THC at 0.3% by weight, but no other THC. So Delta 8, Delta 10, Wild West, fair game, gray market. So his suit is asking these 10, they're calling them dispensaries, but obviously Nebraska doesn't have a legal program. So these are just hemp shops, uh, asking them to pay civil penalties 
for a bunch of different violations based on their edibles. Um, and really, it seems like they're just trying to get all these products off the shelves without going through the legislature process of saying, hey, Delta, it's illegal here, like other states have done. Um, but you start making all these assertions that he can't back up, like, with a synthetic process by which Delta 8 is manufactured can inject harmful industrial solvents. What if it's just hemp, though? What if it's just straight plant matter? What if? What if? I don't know either. So. Imagine a world. It just seems like a huge political stunt to instill fear in people like they mostly are. Um, oh, yes, here's my 104 reports of adverse events reported by the FDA uh, in patients who consume Delta 8 THC products between December 2020 and February 2022. Two full years with 104 reports of adverse event events across the entire great nation. And those adverse events were hallucinating, vomiting, anxiety. Oh, everybody's doing that these days. And loss of consciousness. Uh, okay, so you fell asleep because you ate a, a Delta 8 edible. Hmm. Can't right. even mail a letter without you getting the anxiety. We're fucking anxious from probably eating too much weed. I'm shocked. Not. Not shocked. <laughs> and hallucinating. Yeah, been there, done that. On strong edibles. Thank you, Chiba Chew. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, it was whole fucking hilarious, though, because we were bowling. I am become Every one with the park bench. Yeah. Everything was purple. Satan was bowling next to me. Good times. Oh. Then there was a kind of scary story that came out from New York City this week. A bud tender at New York City's first legal pot shop is in Rikers on pot charges. Really what this is is just a reminder that everything's illegal under federal prohibition. Yes. All the weed. Mm -hmm. Schedule one. Yeah. And this guy happened to be 33 years old. Of course he was. Which makes it even spookier. But he was driving without his license on him in Brooklyn, got pulled over, and come to find out he had a warrant against him stemming from a 2021 possession charge in Pennsylvania with allegedly intent to distribute. Um, and so he had the warrant Which means because you have two bags. <laughs> right, exactly. He missed a court date, which was unexpectedly moved up, according to his fiance, and his wallet was at home with his license in it. And I hate that that's a fucking familiar story, but that's a fucking familiar story, man. Sometimes you just gotta get out of the house and you don't have time to find your goddamn wallet. <laughs> You're trying to fuck with us. <laughs> yeah. So he was detained and then charged two days later with seven days at Rikers, but as of the reporting... Today, he's still sitting there awaiting extradition to Pennsylvania, where he's going to face a felony for possession with intent to distribute, along with six misdemeanors, including a DUI for a Schedule One drug. Uh, no bail option. Could face 15 years in prison. Sucks, but that's reality right now. Small bullshit. You know, we need to uh, repeal prohibition. I say that enough, too. Maybe someday it'll happen. Maybe someone that can do something about it will listen. Yeah, one of the most evil things they did was this legalization meme. Yes, absolutely. Because repeal prohibition is, should have been from the start. We need extra fucking bullshit laws on top of it. Just stop with the prohibition. Well, you know, I'm throwing my hands up and saying 
don't blame mid-Missouri normal, which got fucking steamrolled over because we had the slogan, no mo prohibition, going way back. Mm-hmm. Before the bowl after bowl even started. Anyway. Um, a Washington doctor that we've talked about before, Sunil Agarwal, um, he works with uh, terminally ill patients, end of care or end of life care specifically. And he's been petitioning the DEA to reschedule psilocybin or at least allow these terminally ill patients to use it based on programs that should be in place, like right to try, but whatever, uh, gets nothing back from them. Well, there was an update in his court case. The court said that the DEA failed to explain its reasoning for denying his petition to reschedule psilocybin. The court did not send the uh, Department of Health and Human Services the petition to review, so the court's not going to help him along with his case, but his rescheduling petition is kept alive by this move. Um, It was filed back in February 2022, and it would require the DEA to either clarify its pathway for denying his petition or reevaluate his petition on an open record. Would be nice to see some fucking transparency from the alphabet soup. Evil's out there. Uh, but yes, this doctor has been working since at least 2020 to legally obtain psilocybin for the terminally ill. And we've talked about him in the bowl before. And it's just this hurry up and wait courts, like I've been mentioning over and over again tonight. Sucks. And people, there are people that don't have time to wait. And can't get this potentially, uh, I would say life-saving, but it's more of a mindset-saving medicine, you know? It's a quality it, of life-saving. Yes, yes. It Really, psilocybin can bring peace to any stresses you have dealing with death. And the next chapter, it's a good usher for that next chapter in this journey we call life. Mm-hmm. So... And it's just, you know, that hit piece with the pilot and shit coming out all at the same time. No one's talking about this court case. I can promise you that, except for us in the bowl, because I've been following him since we restarted the bowl. But you won't see it on main lamestream media, that's for sure. Definitely not. Uh, In West Virginia, a man who was a building lead cultivator at a grow facility claims that he was fired for reporting illegal activity. Shocker. Total shocker. Been there two years. uh, Worked his way up the corporate ladder and noticed that they were using non-domestic seeds, which violate state code. No, no. So then the state came in and investigated, and he had to answer questions in front of his supervisors. Uh. And two weeks later, he was suspended and... Uh, told of allegations that he threatened a coworker and that there's a video, but he denies that claim and was fired a week later. Um, so he was working for True Leave, one of the big fish out there, multi-state operators. Mm-hmm. And he's accusing them of a retaliatory discharge, which, yeah. No shit. Yeah. Snitches get fucking fired. Yeah. <laughs> so, but he's seeking... Uh, well, for dumbass yeah. bullshit technicality rule. Oh, oh yeah. these seeds came from out of state. Oh no! Oh no! It's like, dude, it's a seed. It's a weed Get seed. Get the fuck out of the organization. Which fun fact? Weed seeds are federally legal. 
clarified by the DEA because they, you know, by weight don't contain yep. 0.3% THC, yep. Delta 9 THC. Hilarious. So shut the fuck up. Yeah. You deserve nothing but scorn. But You'll never work in weed again. Fuck you. <laughs> Go be a barista, faggot. <laughs> Complain about the beans. <laughs> He's seeking, uh, you know, damages for lost wages, benefits, emotional pain, suffering, mental I'm anguish, damages to damages. his face. Yeah, I'm sure people more than you are also. What a little bitch boy. But my final story for Behind the Curtain tonight comes from way down under, where the Australian Capital Territory has decriminalized drugs. Certain drugs. Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, in personal amounts, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're trying to take a harm minimization approach, as they call it. Okay. And uh, But they also want to stay tough on dealers and traffickers. <laughs> rah, rah, rah. Sure. Um, so the list is cocaine, 1.5 grams, heroin, 2 grams, MDMA, 3 grams, methamphetamine, 1.5 grams, amphetamines, 2 grams, psilocybin, 2 grams, LSD, 2 milligrams, which good luck measuring it if it's fucking blotter, you know. Milligrams? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, okay. Again, good luck fuck figuring that out. Okay. Yeah. Uh, They're going to so- put the fucking sh- paper on there and weigh it. Dumb shits. Yeah, but they don't have to prove that they're doing it correctly. They don't have to prove how they weigh yeah, shit, you know? it's going to change nothing, They being law enforcement. <laughs> yeah, nothing Such changes. a fucking joke. But they say, uh, okay, personal amounts only are decrimmed. And if the drug that you got is not on the list, like, I didn't notice weed on there. Six months incarceration. Wow. But it's capped. Max six months. Well, this all boils down to a big fat. It's a step in the right Oh, Yeah. After all, it's a step in the right direction. Hooray! Like, it's a step in the right direction. In Australia, psilocybin and MDMA were rescheduled down to Schedule 8 so that they can be um, eight. given behind now. Isn't that crazy? How many fucking schedules they got down under? I'm going to have to look it up, but they can be given out for therapeutic use by certain licensed psychiatrists. Mm, like a swami. Yeah. If you're a swami, you can uh, give somebody some dose. Five more rows after seven. So I see schedule 10 here. I don't know what (laughs) they were talking about with five more rows. It loaded with down to schedule 10. So schedule eight is a controlled drug. (laughs) Schedule nine is a prohibited substance. And schedule 10 is substances of such danger to health as to warrant prohibition of sale, supply, and use. Oh, so the higher the number, the 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 badder? Over there? Yes. The inverse of our scheduling on the Controlled oh Substances God. Act. Let's just make it as confusing as possible. Schedule one, not currently in use. Schedule two, pharmacy medicine. Schedule three, pharmacist only medicine. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> Schedule five, caution. Schedule six, poison. <laughs> Schedule seven, dangerous poison. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck? I like the safe and effective poison in Schedule <laughs> 7, not that dangerous poison in Schedule 8. <laughs> mm. Yeah. So a good stupid. time, boy. It's not a good time down <laughs> under, boys. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. Ridiculous. Yeah, anyway, that's all I got for Behind the Curtain tonight. Oh, it's so oh. high. I am pretty fucking high, and it's too much. Oh, too man. Too much. Well, uh, thank you for just skimming the news oh, on Behind the Curtain. any bowl. Just a little skim. Just a little skim through the curtain. Uh, we do want to take a moment for some metal, though. It's time. Yeah. It's time 
uh, and it's Halloween night, so I have a feeling that there's some spooky metal in store for us. From the good Rev, that's Sir Rev to you, Cybertrucker. In the bowl and in the morning, this here is Sir Reverend Cybertrucker and Kenny and Rogu with this week's Metal Moment. I'm pretty sure a lot of you out there have heard Alien Ant Farm's cover of Smooth Criminal. But being that it's Halloween, I decided to dig a little bit deeper, and I found a band called No Resolve. Teaming up with From Ashes to New, they've put together a bitching cover of the King of Pop's most wildly successful songs, the video of which has gone on to be named the greatest music video of all time. Released October 12th, 2023. This is No Resolve and at From Ashes to New, Michael Jackson's Thriller. birthday release yeah i noticed that tight i noticed that it was a good day oh october 12th action yeah didn't they have a homegrown hits that night damn we did indeed there we go fantastic great classic halloween hell yeah all-time great thriller what's better than that still use that fucking michael eating popcorn meme all the time (laughs) hell yeah you gotta have it a timeless classic well thanks rev uh you guys can follow what the rev's up to uh by going over to noagendasocial.com, he's over there at Rev Cybertrucker would be his handle. Give him a toot. Tell him you love him. Also, uh, he's getting a chunk of the boosts. That's right, 99%. During the metal moment, if you're boosting a published show that's working out, or live with CurioCaster and with the split kit, you can do it live. That's right. That works out. But, yay, you know, he's also getting a little trickle from all the boosts because uh, we got to give back to the Rev. Yeah. I'll give back to the Rev. He's been pumping that value in for years now. And we appreciate him. Appreciate we love him. the Rev. We love you. Love you, brother. We also love um, checking our emails because it just reminds me. He he warned me. He sent me an email. And I still have yet to read it because I'm, I'm an idiot. I haven't been in my email for a minute. 
it's probably stacked up. I'm probably going to I'm probably going to puke when I see the number. Yeah. Uh I'm not going to puke though when I look at the voicemail line because bowlers are calling in on this spooky evening to give us a little taste of the time they were truly spooked. The first time they were ever truly spooked. Seriously spooked. Seriously spooked. Not a joke. Uh they're all playing along with a little game that we call the first time first time I ever. And it is a game. God damn it. It's all fun. It's all good fun. Uh, so yeah, get your call in. 816-607-3663 is the number. That's 816-607-DOOF. Hold your horses, though. I saw a boost roll in. Holy Moses. 33, 33 stats from Tuta. Oh, who, yeah. Who said, can I get an asthma attack? <laughs> <laughs> Which is probably what I said. Oh, man. Asthma. Little asthma attack, huh? Yeah. Yep. My ass attacking. Asthma. Absolutely attacked. (laughs) Holy moly. That's pretty wise of you, dude. (laughs) Fantastic attack. (laughs) The voicemail line has been exploding. Oh, sweet. And we even had one. uh, Oh, yeah. One came in early. That's right which we must now play because it is relevant to tonight and to the topic. In the morning, Dame, uh, Dame DeLorean and Sir Spencer. This in the morning. is uh, Cole Lamona, a.k.a. Sir Libre. I'm calling in for the first time ever here on Bowl After Bowl, and I would like to uh, tell you all about the first time I ever got seriously spooked. Lay it on, um, Hopefully the, uh, the audio is coming through okay. I live in a really bad area with really bad cell service. so hmm. Me too. It is what it is. Um, that sounds fine. I'm doing this off the cuff. I've only had maybe six or seven beers. I don't smoke. Hey. I don't partake of the uh, sacred herb. But um, I, do take, I do partake of the sacred herb known as hops and there barley. There you go. They're Although cousins, you know. Barley is not an herb. Regardless, <laughs> uh, the first time I was seriously spooked, like for real, into, into, into my bones, was way back in oh the early 90s. I was probably in my, no, early, late 80s. I was probably in my teenage years, uh, whatever. I literally uh, had done shrooms two nights before. Or, or, no, not two nights before. I had done shrooms the night before, and I was trying to go to bed. And, you know, you can never really truly go to bed when you're doing shrooms. And uh, I, did, I did all these fucking shrooms, and I had, I had to get up and go to school the next morning, so I'm trying to go to sleep, which is a really, really bad idea. <laughs> and uh, I was laying there in bed, and I couldn't sleep. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. And so I, I get up, and I had one of these uh, sliding mirrors. Uh, what do you call it? The sliding, fuck, pardon me. Closet that had sliding door mirrors. Oh fuck! Because mm, I yeah. turn the light on and I'm looking in this fucking mirror and I'm fucking grilling still and, and I'm looking at myself and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I I, I got I I I'm going crazy. Uh, I'm, I'm not ever going to tell tell the story, but long story short of it is this: is that I'm sitting there, I'm like, fuck, I'm going crazy. I hear the song, uh, logical song from uh, Super Tramp playing on the radio, mm-hmm. and it's fucking with my head really bad. I'm hearing I'm auditory hallucinating cars going up and down my road, and I live in a rural area. And I started thinking to myself, like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe making, doing mushrooms has made me crazy. Maybe the fact that uh, – oh, no, maybe, maybe crazy people 
are crazy because they did drugs like LSD and mushrooms. Most indeed. And that's how you become crazy. Now you got to man, I'm a teenager. And so I started fucking getting in my own head and I started freaking myself out. Like my mind was my own worst enemy. And oh, I yeah. thought uh-huh. for sure that I was going insane. Uh, <laughs> turns out I wasn't going insane then. The insanity came much, much, much later after <laughs> wife and children. There you That's go. The insanity really, truly hit in. Yeah. Uh, well, I tried to make this uh, way more interesting than it really was. I even changed stories midstream. Fuck it. Check out Lightning Thrashes. Thank you, guys. I love you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Love you. Lightning Thrashes is a great music podcast. Nailed it. Lightning Thrashes. He mentioned the mirror, and I was like, oh, shit, oh, boy, because the mirrors really fuck with me. Yeah, you have those sliding door mirror closet Uh, things. The hallway of them. And your grandparents have. Fucking awful. Yeah, shitload. And creepy Massachusetts. You sent me some great titty pictures from those mirrors, though. I did, yeah. When we vacationed apart when we first met. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good times. But better times vacationing with you. They're not all bad. No, that's true. That's right. They can be used for good, for sure. Yeah. Like titty pics. Yeah. Same with shrooms. Can be used for good. Yeah, exactly. You know. But yeah, being a teenager is rough. <laughs> and prohibition makes it all fucking rougher, because you don't know. Yeah. And you can't really go consult and talk about it and, uh, you know, ask for a, a trip guide or anything. Yeah. It's all hush-hush taboo. Hushity, hushity. We are blessed with Arrowid now on the internet, which can be very helpful. Reading other people's experiences. Yes, this is true. Sorry, I'm finding finding some of those said pictures from the archive. Wow. That you sent me. Some are easier to find than others. Just fucking flash them real quick in the chapter art. (laughs) (laughs) Like you have to be skillful to hit pause and actually catch it. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, You have to catch this next caller. No boy. Uh, with a flash. Oh, hitting it all right. Yeah. So the first time I ever got seriously smo- spooked, I was thinking smoked because I'm I'm about to do that, you know, right here, right now. Cause it's Halloween and it's super spooky and smoky all up in the lotus. So the first time I got seriously spooked, well, I would have to say I've spent my whole life in a constant state of fight or flight. So... Spooked is kind of something that was a daily basis, but I'll tell a quick story. My father used to love, because I love Halloween, it's my favorite holiday, and horror movies love, love, love horror movies, as long as they're not stupid and predictable, which any horror movies nowadays are totally stupid and predictable, and the best part of the movie you see in the trailer, so why pay an exorbitant amount for the price of a movie ticket to go see a movie that you've already seen the good points on? However, back when I was young, because I'm getting old, There were movies that did scare the hell out of me and spook me. And my father used to love when I would be very intently watching. He knew there was a scary part coming up and he would grab my shoulder and scare the ever loving crap out of me (laughs) just at the moment when the jump scare in the movie would occur. Oh, Jesus. So to say that I have spent a majority of my life getting spooked all the time. And yeah, it was always pretty bad. However, I will tell you that around my house, we love to scare each other. And since you can hear people coming down the staircase, there is no shortage of jumping and scaring. And I can assure you, I've made phone boy scream like a girl on numerous occasions. And he gets me back in spades. In the bowl, y'all. 
Bye. In the bowl. In the bowl. There you go. Spooky. I hate the jump scares. <laughs> yeah, you do. Ugh. It's not fair. Yeah. That's assault, man. That's assault, man. Psychologically punching in me in the head. Oh, man. Yeah, you're not into the um, uh, trauma-based entertainment at all. <laughs> no, it's not. It's you very... good fight or flighty and you just fight. It's just very difficult you get for me. angry, and then it's not fun watching it with you. Nah. Yeah, I'm a real bastard to watch that shit with. That's all right, though. Everyone has their different flavors. I'd rather watch stuff like this. Oh, yeah, titty pics in the chat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's Where are I... you at if you ain't in the chat? That's all I could find. Uh, I could find this next caller, though. Thank you, Phoenix, by the way. Yeah, thanks, Phoenix. Lovely, lovely V-mail. Hey, boys. Uh, first time I got spooked was um, flying to uh, flying to Israel for uh, the first time for a work trip. Oh, wait, that's a different kind of spook. I think I guess you mean, <laughs> I guess it's Halloween. You mean a different kind of spook? So, oh yeah. Um, probably the first time I got spooked was probably <laughs> the first time I went to um, I went to Disneyland as a kid. I, I was going through some old pictures here not too long ago. Apparently, I went when I was one years old. So. Um, and I know that I went a couple other times, and I went to the haunted house in uh, in uh, the uh, which which I th- which I thought was a little spooky. Uh, uh, but now I also um, I also remember as a kid going to the boardwalk in, in Santa Cruz, and uh, they had a you know they had one of those little rides that was, was kind of you know like a you know a haunted house kind of ride where you're in a in a cart and running around and. And I had, um, I, I think one of my uncles actually uh, uh, decided to uh, to 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 uh, scare me or attempt to scare me while I was going through this ride because I guess he was working at the, uh, yeah, he he might have been working at the boardwalk at the time because he had because he had actually had to, you know, because it was uh, obviously something only an employee could do or somebody or something that an employee would enable, I guess. So, mm. um, so yeah, that was probably the first time I got spooked. Um, I'm not really into scary movies and that kind of stuff. Just not my thing. But yeah. hey, you know, that's a, that doesn't mean there's, uh, you know, there's not some value in scaring people and yes, being being scared. Uh, yeah, you should be scared of the stuff that comes out of our mouths on Saturday at 4 p.m. Central without <laughs> the Lotus Effect and also and, and also the stuff that uh, that's coming out of Phoenix's mouth Monday mornings at 7 a.m. with and Emily with coffee and chronic. Okay, therefore, I've, uh, I've, uh, I've given my um, I, I've given my first time I, I ever got spooked uh, for y'all. So, in the bowl. In the bowl. In the bowl. Cheers. Yeah, I'm the same way. I just can't separate the emergency preparedness type shit out of my brain. Like, I just can't. It's good, though, I think. I don't know why. I think it's a positive I feel like not I, to turn it off if ever. I, <laughs> if I watched enough, I could, like, water that down, you know? I could numb myself. Desensitize. Yes. But. That doesn't seem. It seems not useful. Great. Yeah. Just desensitize. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Just for me personally. I'm always like so fucking... I just am ready to stab and shoot every time I watch some uh, horror movie. Yeah. Which isn't like a healthy mind space to be in. No. No. You want to just have fun. Yeah. If you're watching a movie, you're trying to relax, Mm -hmm. decompress, unwind, have fun. So not for you, not your flavor. And some, you know, (laughs) sometimes you have to stab and shoot. Oh, yeah. In real life. And so then it has, you know, uh, it just becomes fucking tough to separate certain times, you know? Like, uh, like yeah. all right, this is just a movie, man. I get it. I get that it's just a movie, but I'm still like, holy fuck, holy shit. We're ready. We're ready. So, uh, I don't know. Thank goodness for comedy 
vampire shows that yes. we can enjoy together. It should be f- like I like the creepy funny. If it's creepy funny, then hey, you can even throw a jump scare in there and I'll be like, holy shit! But it's funny. It's funny. Uh, this next caller is hilarious. Hello, bowlers. Happy Halloweener in the bowl. Happy, Happy Halloweener. Uh, time I got seriously spooked. I can't remember which came first, so I'm going to tell you about two of them, but both of them happened around like maybe age four or five, something like that. Okay. Um, one of them was my parents thought it would be a good idea to show me the Wizard of Oz movie. It came on every year, and and you know that scene with – uh, where the Wicked Witch of the West is flying around and all the monkeys. Oh, yeah. Scared the crap out of me. And the other was the, I don't know if you remember this show. There was a show called The Land of the Lost, right? And it had these, they were kind of guys walking around in rubber masks and pajamas and they were called the Flea Stack. And they scared the crap out of me. And I'm not even really sure why because I look back at both of these productions now. And I'm like, that is the cheesiest shit ever. <laughs> and I can't imagine why it could possibly creep me out. But as a kid, that was spooky shit. Yep. Yeah. So, yep, that's my story. I'm sticking to it in the bowl. In, in the, the bowl. bowl. Well played. Yeah, man. The, when you're a kid, dude, everything is intense. Uh-huh. It doesn't matter how crappy the production value is. Like, it's all intense. It's all, like, pretty much real. Yeah. Might as well be real. There's no difference between real and fantasy when you're a kid. Because it's all just concepts that you're just learning. This is reality. (laughs) Reminds me of that scene from In the Mouth of Madness. Mm. This is not reality. This is not reality. This is reality. Yeah. It is. It all is. Well, this next caller is certainly reality. Hey-yo. 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 Sir Frencher, Bangalore. Hey-yo. How are thou? Uh, great. Uh, enjoyed the episode of Vox on it uh, today. So, cheers, thank you guys. And uh, yeah, um, boot. To be honest, I do not feel like it's always a thing. I I don't know the first time I spooked. I mean, obviously, like probably like kids, but as far as like remembering, um, I'm usually not very jumpy. Like somebody even jumps around a corner or something like that. Like I'm just kind of. Eh. Sort of deal. Um, like I'm prepared for it or something. Um, always on guard, you know? Yep. Um, yep but yep. yeah, like I've, actually, I've had that happen where like not expecting something at all and somebody jumps around the corner at me or whatever to try to, you know, and just nothing. Um, <laughs> but then there's those weird times where it's like you shouldn't be like, like there's already people around or something like that. And then, and then somebody's like, oh, and then it'll, it'll shock you. But, uh, yeah. Um, as far as like not jump scare, uh, probably a bit more real was, uh, when you find out people, like stuff happened. Let's put it that way. Not, not good stuff at all. And, uh, you just kind of get spooked by like, like, wow, that person did that. And just, uh, you find out stuff happened and, uh, yeah. And just that, uh, a little different than spooks, but yeah. Bottom line, it's not like somebody's got like raped or something like that. And even like way after the fact that new to you and sort of thing. And then, yeah, just like, wow. And, uh, just like in shock more, but, uh, just also the spook show where, yeah. 
So, anywho, there's that fun stuff. So there you go. All right, well, uh, with with some family doing some uh, trick or treat and stuff, so get back to it. You know, it's almost that mark anyway. So love you guys. Stay dangerous, and uh, you know whether or not you're having candy or not, or you're just passing it out. Go ahead and give a hearty. Very nice. Yeah, I think it counts as spooked. I would sure. agree for yeah. sure. Yeah. That like cold feeling inside. Yeah, Just that little like, creepy oh, crawler like. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, just like. Mm-hmm. Do you remember the first time you ever got seriously spooked? I do, but I don't want to repeat stories on the bowl, so I will uh, get to a new one. Okay. The first time I seriously got spooked was when I asked my nana who the man standing outside the window was, and then she proceeded to stare at me with the most concerned look I've ever seen her get shoot me and shut the curtains and just say nothing. And this man, I can draw him in a picture for him clear as day. He looks a lot like my grandpa, mustache dude with like a bowler cap, and there is a fucking winged one-eyed creature behind him. I was very little, but I remember this very vividly. Mm-hmm. Some kind of fucking childhood hallucination, maybe. I don't know. Other side shit. Who knows? I was like really fucking little, but I've told that story before. Now, for what it's worth, I think that's like one of the cooler stories, and I think it's worth repeating because it's been a couple of years probably since you told that story. Yeah. I have a friend who always makes me draw the pictures when we get together, and I think she's collecting them to be like, holy shit, you're drawing the same picture every time. It's like, yeah, dude. It's from the same memory. I didn't think the guy, like the guy didn't make me scared. The winged creature didn't make me scared. My nano not seeing anything and then shutting the curtains out of concern made me fucking scared. Mm. You know, that like, oh, I said a no-no or I see a no-no. Like, people don't see what I see, you know? I was like, oh, shit, something might be wrong with me. But I didn't think anything was wrong with me as a kid. I just thought, oh, I guess I'm seeing things that she doesn't see. (laughs) Anyway. Draw a picture for the chat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. uh, I can, anytime, any day. So the first time I think I really got spooked was on a ghost tour in Plymouth. And I was probably a tween, somewhere between 10 and 12, I would say. I think that's what a tween means. Double digits, but not a teenager. And I remember I went with my grandparents. It was fucking cold because it was October in Massachusetts on the seashore and the tour guide prefaced with like we often have people see things it's usually kids which was a good primer for me sure you know to get the spook the shit spooked out of me spooky shit we went to burial hill talked about all the unmarked graves and how it's basically just a pile of dead things under you Mm -hmm. and then uh we went down to the old downtown, and I remember seeing this little girl watching the tour group in the from her window in this house, and I waved to her, and she waved back, and then the tour guide just stared at me with that same fucking look my Nana gave me, and she said, who did you just wave to? And I said, the little blonde girl over there, and I looked, and there was no little blonde girl, and she was like, what was she wearing? I said, oh, she was wearing a white dress, like a little nightgown, I guess, just plain white dress, and she uh, 
you know, the tour went on. They tell these horrible stories about axe murders and all this crap that's happened, like bleeding wall shit that goes down in Plymouth. And at the end of the tour, I'm like, so did I see a ghost? Like, what's going on? She goes, yeah, that's Abigail. I said, Abigail? She goes, yeah, Abigail Townsend, and starts telling me about how well, that's the Spooner house, and the Spooner family took her in, but she ended up dying from a tooth infection, hmm. which is this fucking horrible story that kind of haunts me throughout my life, of finding out people die of tooth infections. Um, but anyway, I got older. I went back to Plymouth with friends. I found her just as like a fun time waster project i found her grave and so i would visit and like put flowers on her grave and stuff every time once i was a teenager once i was driving i used to go hang out in plymouth and i would just go sit by her grave because i thought maybe we're friends you know (laughs) friends in other dimensions and whatever and uh that was cool you know tried to kind of summon her back but also that was the night that the tour guide very sternly showed me the process of making sure you don't get followed home and was like, you need to wipe your feet every time you leave a, a cemetery and all this superstitious stuff. And uh-huh. I fucking did it all. But I remember also that night I had a dream that there was a a little girl like knocking on the front door like, hey, is anyone home? And I wasn't sure in the dream if I should open the door or not. So I just didn't because mm. I always figure, well, if you're not sure, inaction is a valid action. <laughs> <laughs> And I said to my grandma the next day, I said, I think I got followed home last night, but I just didn't like open the dream world door, so it was okay. So yeah, that was the first time I was seriously spooked. And, but it was just kind of that same, like, ooh, that's a little off. I'm a little off today, I suppose. I can also share the first time I was ever chilled to the fucking bone, frozen in the fight or flight situation where I had no choice but to freeze which isn't supposed to be an option Mm. and that was when i was in college and saw the hat man i'm a hat man yeah it was there were a lot of things going on you and i were arguing you were at a concert that i couldn't get into which really pissed me the fuck off i was watching our dog had not been sleeping good also was using a lot of uppers at the time which is irregular for me. Mm. And so I really, truly blame mostly sleep deprivation for this situation. But Murphy and Lucy were on the bed with me, our dogs, and they both froze too, but went alert, like tail straight up, head straight up, ears back. And it was just a blink of a fucking second. Shadow looked like a dude wearing a hat on the wall in my bedroom. We're all sitting on the bed and just bone chilling cold like washes over me couldn't move at all like sleep paralysis but while you're awake and again my dogs were frozen too and then i looked at them and then they started barking and sniffing around at the wall where the thing had been after it was gone because it was only there for a split second and i remember texting you and saying like i just experienced the scariest thing I've ever experienced, and all it was was a fucking shadow that appeared out of nowhere. Mm. Now, this is my only shadow and person encounter ever. And, you know, you can Google the hat man, and there's lots of people with reports about it. I still feel like there's some creepy fucking federal government uh, astral projection shit going on with this, with the hat man specifically. But mm. what do I know? Mm. I'm just a daydream believer (laughs) so in a bowler 
Yeah. It was fucking weird. And that was very spooky. Too so spooky. I've given you three spooky tales. It's triple boys. spook. Yeah. Triple spook. Well, you're a spooky lady, so. <laughs> yeah. C-Dub says, what's an upper? Uh, caffeine is an upper. Caffeine is an upper. I was using all sorts of things at that time. He's asking Molly. I would not consider it Molly an Molly. upper. Molly is closer to a psychedelic than an upper, but it's not really that either. In Minecraft at that time in college, in college Minecraft lessons, uh, might have been a little bit of cocaine. And by little, I mean maybe a bender. <laughs> of like, just doing it and doing it. And re-upping and doing it and doing it and doing it. What uh, area would, would classify MDMA under? Because That's a good question. That would be the source. MDMA is the take all your clothes off and have a great goddamn time drug. And feel okay and at peace with yourself. And one of the most common... Uh, know that you're loved. One of the most common recreational psychoactives. Yeah, that's kind of a more umbrella term. Hmm. Mm. They don't really have a, a textbook word for it there. That's disappointing. What did this... Was it, what does it say? Just psychoactive? Uh, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Empathogen. Empathogen. Wow. Empath in the word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with stimulant and minor psychedelic properties. Well, stimulant means upper. Mm-hmm. With those properties, though, but it's not classified as a stimulant primarily. Yeah. The drug class, well, um, empathogen inactogen is the primary class, but there is a subclass of stimulant where it is considered to bleed over into that. Yeah. I don't really get... Never mind. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. Yeah. There's some more uh, callers. Oh, sweet. Plenty more spookage in the voicemail line, including this next caller. I haven't called in during the regular show lately. I think I called in uh, during Bulls with Buds, maybe. Yeah, Boy. where you been, Nethead? In that bed? Yes, I don't know. Resting uh, his net head. Cannot remember. I know you guys had one where it was the first time I fell out of bed. Uh that was like five, when I was five. I was uh, we were playing trampoline on my mom's bed as little kids, uh, and I flipped right off the side and took a uh, one of the bed bed posts right to my front tooth and uh, chipped my freaking tooth off. Oh, so fuck. technically I fell out of bed, uh, even though I was jumping out of bed, and it was. Uh, you know, you're jumping up and down, and my sister was bigger than me, and she weighed more at the time. She was four years older than me. And uh, she landed in an area, and, of course, that trampoline effect, and it, like, shot me right off because I was jumping up in the air at the same time, and it shot me right out of the freaking uh, bed. Whoa. Did a little uh, somersault and came down on the uh, front tooth on the bedpost. Uh, and it chipped the tooth off, which I had until I lost that tooth and had uh, my permanent tooth come in. Uh, there's also the first time I trapped an animal. Uh, I, I can't remember. I it, it, to remember the time that I physically trapped an animal. There's been quite a few of those that I've done over the years. Mm. A little bastard around here now shitting all over my lawn. Oh, I hate it. Want to trap him and uh, get cold? That's you know, why. Send him someplace nice. Uh, 
and warm, maybe, or I don't know, maybe it's up in the cloud somewhere. Um, <laughs> and I think it's a skunk, and he's, it's, uh, but he's like shitting all over the place. I mean, God like, damn it. And it's like this berry, fruity shit that, uh, anyways, um, <laughs> my uncle had a wild dog get into his garage. Uh, <laughs> I remember him and my dad trapping it. Uh, to get it out of there, and the thing was pretty crazed. Uh, might have been rabies or whatever, oh, but shit. I remember Fuck that. going to the house, and then uh, my dad and my uncle going out there dressed to uh, trap this animal in a uh, a cage that I, I think my dad had got it from a buddy or something. But yeah, the dog wouldn't get the fuck out of the garage. My uncle had left the door open, and the thing was like, just hanging out in there, laying down, and uh, would not leave. And then when you confronted it, like, ah. fuck. Mm. So, uh, it's the first time I remember that. Oh, sorry, we have a follow up. And four, three, two. <laughs> uh, the first time I was ever spooked. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, the, the first time I was ever really like freaked out. Uh, there was a movie called Salem's Lot. Oh yeah, and I want to say it was even the, uh, the edited, you know, made for T or edited for TV version. Yeah, uh, it still freaked the hell out of me, uh, and that was a scary movie. It was, it was right around Halloween time, so that Halloween I was uh, I was pretty freaked out. I think it was probably eight or nine at the time, but yeah, that scared the shit out of me. Uh, I can't think of a time, like, when I went to, like, a, uh, oh, I know. Oh. When I was young, uh, we used to go trick-or-treating. We did, like, this rotating thing with the cousins. We would go to the different cousins' house and trick-or-treat at their neighborhoods. Okay. And I know my one cousins, they had, like, this big, giant freaking hand that would come out, and it was all lit up weird. And it would, like, come out of the door like it was coming out of the basement or something out of this house. Ooh. And uh, that's when you uh, went up and started walking up to the, the door. They had this big hand coming out. And anyways, it freaked the shit out of me when I was little. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so that was probably the, the first time uh, first time I was spooked. Anyways, happy Halloween. In the boat. In the bowl. Happy Halloween, Net Ned. Happy the Halloween, bowl. indeed. Good catching up. Yeah. Also. Yeah, that's great. You can always uh, catch up on old F-Ties. Yeah. Never too late here in the bowl. Retroactively F-Tie. They don't expire. That's the beauty of it. Um, I had to reach way back in my memory banks, because there's a few, like, standout moments that I remember getting spooked. Oh. And, uh... I remember drawing one of the situations because I was at this church. We went to this Baptist church for a little bit for like a couple of years between the main church that we always went to when I was little and then when I was bigger. Like usually went to this one church, but for for a period, a brief couple of years or something, we went to the Baptist church. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not in charge. I'm just a kid. And I was in the basement going to the bathroom during some event, I don't know, some nighttime youth group thing or something. And I went into the bathroom. It was, I think, a potluck or something. I don't know what it was. 
regardless, I go into the bathroom at this event. Everything's normal. Everything's whatever. And then I have a pee. I wash my hands. I couldn't have been in there for like more than five minutes. I come out. Everybody had left. And so by force of muscle memory and habit, I like just walk out of the bathroom with the door swinging behind me and I flick the light off as I'm going out. And on the other side of the bathroom, everyone had left and all the lights were out. What the fuck? And so I'm in a pitch black church basement, silent, black, nothing, can't see anything. Just totally like blacked out. I remember drawing this story because it was like some prompt within the next couple of years of like, uh, draw a time that you were really scared. And I just drew like completely black with like the cartoon white eyes in the darkness. <laughs> uh, but way before that, remember I was real young. We had just left Marceline. We were coming back home from Marceline for some reason, whatever. And we were on some old country ass back roads. And there was this bridge and the bridge was all fucking old as shit. And it was some kind of state-maintained bridge or something, you know? And it had a sign that had, like, the state seal or some shit like that. Or maybe it had a local county seal or something. It was a seal, and it had, like, some animal decorating it, yeah? Mm-hmm. And then we got... I don't know what happened, if it was, like, the engine overheated or we had a flat tire or we hit something and bump in the road. I don't know. For some reason, we had to come to a stop. Mm-mm. I don't remember exactly. I was so young. My dad would probably remember better. Be able to tell the story better. 816-607-3663, Pop. But I remember my parents had to, like, we had to pull over and figure out the problem. And I was like, I had seen that sign, and I was so young. Couldn't have been more than four. I was just worked up. I was just getting worked up over it, and I didn't, like, read the words, but, like, I could read back then. I didn't know what it said, but I was just like, I just convinced myself that it was the bridge of the four lions. And I was like, we can't stop here. That's the bridge of the four lions. The sign said it was the bridge of the four lions. Like the lions <laughs> will eat us. Oh shit. If we stop here, we need to keep moving. We need to go. Let's go. And then that was like freaking my parents out even I more. Bet. You know what I mean? Because they were like, what the fuck with the bridge of the three lions? Like, I know this kid can read. Like, like we got four lions out here. What's the deal here? I was really worked up. I was seriously spooked. You must have known something. No, I don't know. Intuition. It was. Did you guys move? Did you get the fuck off the bridge of the four lions? Yeah, we weren't there for long. And like I said, I'm not exactly sure. I can't remember what the trouble was. I just remember it was trouble. But we needed to keep going. (laughs) That's very spooky. Let's get the fuck away from these lions bridges, man. Man, if our kids were saying that to me, you bet your ass I'd be hurrying the fuck up. I'd be like, all right, noted. We're getting the fuck out of here. Ooh, that is spooky. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, spooky call coming in. Hey. <laughs> hey. What's up, bowlers? What's up, uh, Dr. So Sir? Decades ago. Okay. As a young Cub Scout Ooh. on my first uh, camp out. Scout <laughs> out. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it was cold as, uh, as balls outside. And so we were all huddled around the campfire, the adults talking politics, uh, bullshit, whatever. Sure. We're all like, oh, my God, they're coming out with a TurboGrafx-16 or whatever bullshit we were talking (laughs) about at the time. Yeah. Uh, Dumb kid stuff. Yeah. And uh, 
we all eventually retired to our to our tents, uh, huddled away, whatever. But I had to go piss. Uh, lots of grub and sodas. It wasn't a long hike to the site uh, we're camping, and just a little bit. So we we packed sodas and you know bullshit. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, yeah, one of the older scouts that was tending the fire and rotating the Dutch ovens and all that bullshit. Uh, uh, apparently had watched me walk off into the woods to go take a piss. Uh-oh. And I finished, you know, pissing on a tree, zip up, turn around to retreat to my tent, go go warm up, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, crawl in the bedroll, whatever, a sleeping bag. Um, and I, I, I turn around after pissing and zipping up, and there's this bigger husky older uh young teenage but older than i yeah anyway his scout he was there right behind me and he pulls a bungee cord out stretches it out you know shoulder width he says i'm gonna tie you to a tree and wedge you till your butt bleeds whoa as a young cub scout hell i don't (laughs) remember my age but um yeah, I basically had the sheer look of panic, and he <laughs> burst out into laughter. Uh. Oh, wow, you should see the look on your face, ha, 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 because it was all uh, apparently some kind of initiation or joke or whatever. Sure. Uh, and his order of the arrow kind of, I mean, he's out there tending the fire. Uh, I don't know, weird, weird stuff. Yeah. But yeah, that was my first real spook ha 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 <laughs> I didn't sleep a fucking second that night I bet not oh no me I wouldn't either no winks after that <sighs> give you a wish into your ass please <laughs> wow like I'm rough there in the boy scouts uh we do have one more call alright in the bull everybody it is Hezbollah <laughs> and the first time I got spooked was when I bit a neck and found Oi, Star of David! Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Hezbollah. Thank you for the call. Nice. From the grave. <laughs> <laughs> now that is spooky. From his coffin to the bull. I'm shivering right now. Coffin in the bowl. <laughs> oh, thanks, bowlers. You just spooked the absolute hell out of us tonight. And That's we appreciate true. it. Uh, we got to come up with another F time. Yeesh. Let me pull up the list. We got some pretty solid ones in there, if I recall correctly. Yeah, I know C Dubs uh, had asked for the first time I ever experienced fight or flight, which is. Related to this. Similar. Maybe too similar uh, to do that one. Uh, first time I ever went to Chinatown. First time I ever went magnet fishing. First time I ever had cornbread or quiche or got waxed or Korean barbecued. First time I ever exited a moving vehicle. Uh, first time I ever almost died. First time I ever bonked my head while wearing a hard hat. First time I ever been shot at. 
First time I ever got shot in the ass, <laughs> uh, like a vet, like know, a shot, an in injection the in the ass. Yeah. Sure. First time I ever had a recurring dream. First time I ever licked a battery. First time I ever put a pouch in my mouth. First time I ever put a sack in my mouth. What does this mean? First time I ever rode a horse. First time I ever slept, walked, sleepwalked. Ooh, those two are really good. First time I ever got the wind knocked out of me. First time I ever got stitches. First time I ever summoned a demon. Just kidding. You I snuck know, that last one in there, didn't you? Yeah. Well, I have it written down. Uh, okay. Okay. I like ride a horse and I like the one right after that. Sleepwalked? Sleepwalked. I feel like those should be the next two. Okay. In that order? Yeah. Why not? Okay. So next week we want to hear about the first time you ever rode a horse. All you have to do is pick up your phone and call 816-607-3663. We did have a text come in. Oh, very nice. Uh, which I just noticed. It came in earlier. But uh, Texter says, junior in high school, ex-girlfriend came up and said she was late. Oh, fuck. With two eyeball emoji. Yeah, that would be spooky for Uh-oh. sure. Uh-oh. Yeah. I had one scare like that. Oh, yeah? Uncool, man. The girl before me? Or was it me? No. I've never been scared by your pregnancies. <laughs> well, we did uh, spend five childless years together, at mm-hmm. least. Yeah. And I was like, I want a baby. And you were like, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're getting awfully close, but just hold out. Yeah, <laughs> you must wait. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. First time you ever rode a horse, 816-607-3663. And now, there's only one thing left to do. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Yeah, let's go bowling. Let's do it. Unless you're trying to pull some stunts with your car in Albuquerque, because that's not a good idea. No. Uh, Albuquerque police on Friday night issued 33 citations during a street racing operation. Yeah. I want to go fast. It, 33 is a magic number. As you know, I have seen local police departments, KCPD, saying that they want to do a solid night of street racing operations because of how well it's worked in other cities. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, Albuquerque with 33. Ah. Yeah. It's really getting around. That's how you spread it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The magic number. Everyone takes notice. I don't know why, how. I don't really know what it means, but it's some sort of signal. They for- said Whoa, they got 33 arrests? Shit, we want 33 arrests. 33 means less fucking go for some people who are on the inside of whatever. Yeah, 15 of those fucking citations, though, were for spectating. I think that's such bullshit. Be doing donuts in the middle of the road or get the fuck out. Leave the other people alone. Just tell them to leave. But whatever. In California, a man hid his mother's death for 33 years to steal $800,000 in benefits and has been sentenced. Man, that's a good chunk of money. Yeah, it's crazy, though, because we saw this scheme in Ireland mm-hmm. many, many lanes ago, yep. and it didn't end well for the guy. No. And this isn't ending well for this guy Never either. Never does. And you'd well, think... that we know of. Yeah, well, yeah. It probably ends up great a lot of the time. Let's be honest. Maybe, but 33 years 33 is 33 years is number. too fucking long. Red alert, red alert. Too long. 
$830,000 and some change since 1990. This 65-year-old man pulled together. So he was sentenced to two years in federal prison. So he's been scamming benefits my whole entire fucking life. Yes. Damn. That's right. Too long, man. Uh, the judge said that this was the largest financial loss that the United States government has suffered in any individual deceased beneficiary case that has been federally prosecuted. And he is expected to pay over $850,000 and forfeit his home in order to make restitution. Oof. Big oof. Not worth it. Plus two years in the federal pen at the age of 65. That sucks. Your golden years, man. Yeah. Now you're going to be taking golden showers behind fucking black, black bars. So how did they fucking catch him? They finally just be like, this bitch isn't 110. That's probably a good question uh, that doesn't really seem to get answered, at least from the NBC San Diego report. I mean, he had to keep filing paperwork and forging her uh, signature on everything. So, mm. yeah, I think you're probably right. It probably someone was like, you know, that lady's very, very old yeah. and still collecting this money. We should check into, oh, she's dead? <laughs> For 33 years. Yeah. Christ. Bought, all it says is, he bought frivolous items. I'm shocked. No doubt. Yeah. No doubt he bought frivolous items. His attorney wrote, though, this is a case of a mentally ill man, unable to care for himself, who cannot leave his childhood home, and so continued to receive his mother's modest retirement checks. It's just, just sad. It is sad. You hate to see it. Mm. I mean, really, when you think about it, that is our, the people's money that he was taking. Yeah, well, my taxpayer dollars, as you like to say. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I the government steals it, so then when a citizen steals it from the government, isn't that sort of like a Robin Hood heroic situation? It's reverse taxes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. <laughs> Not legal advice, that's for fucking sure. I'm just a dummy. Just stay away from the government as much as possible. Is yes. kind of how I live my life. Mm -hmm. It's like a snake. You see it, you're like, okay, no step on snake. Yeah. I won't fuck with you, and then hopefully you don't fuck with me. But a Florida man fucked around and found out this week. Uh, him and a lady friend decided to steal some liquor from a distribution center back in July. Uh, what they would do is just go to the warehouse and wait till the truck Trailer opened up, and then over the course of three days, siphoned out the booze. Um, the <laughs> detectives on the case looking for the booze were eventually able to track the trucks to a storage facility, and uh, that storage facility is where the liquor was. So I guess maybe they just stole a whole fucking truck. Oh, no, they used their own trucks to load up the liquor uh, out of the trucks, and then they followed the trucks that were used to the storage facility and found all the missing booze there. Dumb dumb. Dumbity dumb. How much booze was stolen? One and a half million dollars worth. But since it was recovered, it was also returned to its rightful owner. It's worth noting that the man they've picked up uh, and who got caught doing this, Florida man, was 33 years old. Of course he was. His compadre, though, the second suspect, is still out on the loose, and she's a woman who's 54 years old. See, that's why she's getting away with it. Because she's not 33. Correct. Exactly. I can't do shit. No. 
You just got to stay in the bowl for now. Almost halfway there. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, (laughs) when you think serial killer, what comes to your mind? Someone stabbing a box of Rice Krispies. Uh, Any description for the kind of person that would do that? Uh... No, it doesn't no. matter. No, it could be anyone. Good I'm not racist. I just picture Ted Bundy. Like that's <laughs> my brain here. Serial killer, Ted Bundy. Somebody in a clown or mask. Or the clown, yeah, the clown guy. With dirty in. clothes. <sighs> yeah. And probably holding a knife or some sort of weapon. Well, in Ohio, a serial killer broke the mold because it was a 33-year-old woman who allegedly met men for sex, then drugged them and robbed them and left them to die. And she, dare I say this, the, I know this is not kind to women, but she looks very rough for 33. She, like, if I saw her, Mm. uh, I wouldn't think she's 33. I think she was, like, closer to 50. And I know this is probably just from living a hard knock life, but. Yeah, yeah. Big oof. Yeah. John Wayne Gacy, as Phoenix says in the chat. Yeah, the clown Mm. guy. So. Well, I mentioned at least four men. Yeah. There was definitely a fifth because he survived. One guy survived. Yikes. And she the would, one that got away. Yeah. She would meet up with these guys. You know, they'd hire her as a prostitute. She'd meet up with them, give them fentanyl. Oh, God. And then they'd OD and she'd steal all their shit and leave. So she's been... Um, charged with involuntary manslaughter, felonious assault, and robbery. She already pled not guilty uh, to the man that got away in January. Um, but then on top of all this, yeah, four counts of murder. Well, for reasons of, of looking 50 when she's 30 or what? <laughs> Just not guilty, I didn't do it. Didn't do nothing. Uh-oh. That's her plea. I mean, she's, I'm sure she has an attorney, one would hope. Yeah, if you can't afford one, they give you one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, you know, there are citizens that want to represent themselves. She just looks never like, a good idea. No, just don't do it. That's for sure. That is legal advice. Don't do that. Hire an, get an attorney. Even if you are an attorney, you probably should get another one. Yeah, yeah. Just saying. This isn't fucking Boston legal, okay? Okay. Yeah, life is not a TV show. No, you're not Perry Mason, and neither is Perry Mason. <laughs> Yeah. So, anyways, that's horrible. Moral of the story, I don't know. Don't hook up. Don't hire a prostitute. I'm not going to tell you what to fucking do with your life. fuck people you trust. How about let's start there. Who do I trust? Me. Yeah. Before saying, would I fuck this person, you have to say, do I trust this person? The whole internet culture of fucking is so crazy. Like, just swipe on a picture. Oh, that's a nice looking person in that photo, which mm-hmm. is clearly what they look like in real life, right? Mm-hmm. I guess I'll go fuck them. We'll meet up and see if I want to fuck them. Just get a hobby and smell someone that smells good to you. And then you know, like, hey, baby, you smell great. You are a fine smeller. I like your body odor. I would fuck you. Don't get me wrong. I love a good fuck. Oh, yeah. So okay? Yeah. I'm a sick fuck. I like a quick fuck. But, but, you gotta trust. You gotta trust. You can't just go into it with no trust. Yeah. And, uh... Pheromones and chemistry are important to me. Yes. An important part of the fucking. hmm You know, that whole drive thing. No doubt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but, yeah, I don't know. Weird culture. 
The hookup culture. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hookup, get shot up and stabbed up and robbed up, I guess. It's a real uh it's a real vulnerability test thing. There. You think you're pillaging some pussy? Actually, it's your bitch ass getting pillaged by the bitch. Uh easy mark. In Ohio. And there was really just nothing, you know, I I I do like I like it. I like the punani, but there's nothing that I couldn't accomplish myself with my own hands. Right? Yeah. Not like I'm just fucking starved, like, bah, 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 bah. like I can make it happen. I also know oh, what yeah. I like, you know? Yeah. Right. It's not like, oh, if I don't get some pussy, I'm going crazy. Like, you just, uh, can't you handle yourself? You know how to use that wiener of yours, man? Yeah. Or just pick someone up in person. That's could be easy, too. Just saying. <laughs> not saying, just saying. I'm not saying, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know. Different strokes. For different folks. Now, I saw another silly story come out of Florida this week. Um, and now we're over with the 33 magic number run. Yeah. But it was a good four lanes. You always got a little bit of bonus lanes. Yeah. It bleeds over, especially on Halloween. Ooh. But out of Florida, uh, there was a 27-year-old, which is also a good number, Uber driver. And he was renting a nice vehicle. Making some good money, I guess. Uh, but then, you know, the rental ran out. And he decided he wanted to keep the car without paying for the car. And didn't want to pay for the car, like I said. So uh, this is, I guess, a smart car. Where if he were to turn it off, it would not turn back on. Gotcha. Because it knew, like, you're not paying. Yeah. So we're not driving you. You got to put more quarters in the slot or it's not going to work. <laughs> yeah, you threw an app, of course, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know, uh, so he decided to let the car run for three weeks. Just an idle, just idle in this car for three weeks. Foolproof plan, I sh- I'm sure. And at some point, the vehicle was classified as stolen. Of course. So this couple from England flew down to Florida to get married. And they just happened to get this guy as their Uber driver. Oh, shit. Imagine their shock when his bitch ass got boxed in by four cops. Deputies, technically. Okay. And then he was, you know, forced to stop. Yes. And then the couple had to get a ride to their rental from deputies. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Quite the wedding story. Yeah. Definitely a good story. But, oh, man. America, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, he's being charged with grand theft of a motor vehicle and driving with a suspended or revoked license, so double whammy there. Yeah. It's usually not just a one-off with these guys, you know? Yeah. These criminal types. Yeah, bad decisions. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, I, really, it still baffles my mind that people pay money to get in a car with a stranger. I'm just old-fashioned, I know. <laughs> it really fucking freaks me out. If you're going to get in a car, you got to trust the person. <laughs> I want to know who's driving me, man. I know it's the same fucking situation. But holy shit, I need a familiar. If you get in you a car, know? you think, would I fuck this person? Do I trust this person? <laughs> if you'd fuck them, you likely trust them. Uh, I don't know if those two things are synonymous. Yeah. but That's a dumb place to keep balls. Yeah, either way, you won't see me paying for rides anytime soon. I would rather walk. Now, some sports are vicious. You know, rugby comes to mind. Hockey is pretty fucking rough. Sure. 
but usually not this rough. An ex-NHL player, he used to play on the Pittsburgh Penguins by the name of Adam Johnson, died this week because he was sliced in the neck by a skate blade during a game. We saw this. 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Playing uh, for the Nottingham Panthers in England, across the pond. And I watched the video, and it's nuts. He's taking the puck across the blue line, uh, and then some guy on the other team kicks him, just kicks his skate into the air, hits him in the neck, mm-hmm. in the throat area, if we want to get technical. And then he gets rushed off the ice and, you know, dies later. Not right there, I guess. You know, is treated, but succumbs to his injuries. And he's um, right in the main artery in the neck, man. Yeah. Jugula. The Panthers PR people came out and called it a freak accident and asked the public not to speculate. But I'm just confused how the other guy's foot went so fucking high up in the air as to hit the guy in the throat. Yeah. And that seems weird. I've never seen ballet moves in hockey, you know? He straight up fucking ninja kicked his skate up there, it looks like to me. I am not a hockey watcher. I am also not the most intelligent person in the world. I understand this. I have a lot to learn. And I'm not trying to speculate or accuse anyone. I just watched the video and found it quite odd because I've never seen anything like it. Mm. Yeah, in fact, something like this has never happened before. Yeah. So, you know, like accidents happen but this never has Mm -hmm. it is a freak accident no matter what went down like Mm. did you uh, make someone mad bro or Mm. what jolly old England England yeah the British (laughs) will sort it out surely oh my gosh don't get me started yeah all these players going overseas to play you know yeah, it's the love of the game, man. No, it's the love of the money. It's always a money thing. Think about fucking uh, the <sighs> yeah. privileged basketball player playing in Russia. Why did she go? Because of the money. It rolls into money the love thing. of the game. Like, if you get paid to be pro, you know, then you're yeah. going to be pro. Tune in the chat's right. We need Sir TJ the Wrathful to weigh in on this one. Mm. Hockey guy. But, yeah. Spooky for Halloween. It's gory. So I've covered my gore base. Nice. For Halloween. Good work. Yeah. Now, an actual Halloween story from today. Almost breaking news. Mm. Uh, This woman was tasked with dropping a candy bag off at her daughter's friend's house in, not Manhattan. 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 Manhasset. 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 Mm-hmm. Okay, another part of New York. <laughs> and this is a fancy fucking house. Woman ain't has it. Man has it. That's right. A man does has it. And just you wait. <laughs> so she pulls up to this house and her daughter and son get out of the car and, you know, knock or whatever, don't get an answer, leave the goodie bag for their friend. And then they get back to the car and the mom's going, you know what? She's driving away. That might not have been the right address. So we better go back and pick the bag up. And then when she gets there, she sends her daughter's 10. Her son is six. She sends her six-year-old boy to pick up the bag that's sitting on the front porch. And a man opens the door and points his handgun at the kid's head. 43-year-old guy. 
And so then he immediately, well, not immediately, but, you know, the mom calls the cops. Luckily, the kid doesn't get killed or anything. This isn't a horrible fucking ending, just a what the fuck kind of story. The 43-year-old man is arrested and charged with menacing and second-degree endangering the welfare of a child. I mean, the boy is six. Yeah. I haven't seen pictures of the boy. I can't say, oh, he didn't look like he was six or whatever. You really don't pull your gun out unless you fucking have to. That's correct. Duh. And a kid getting a bag from your doorstep. I guess mm-hmm. it would be a little sketchy to watch a bag get dropped off and then, like, someone come pick it. But it's the same car, the same kid. And if it's kids, you can kick some ass. And it's fucking Halloween. It is a Halloween as well. Yeah. Yeah. So this is all bad. And then, of course, at the end of the story, they list the, I think, three incidents this year where people have been shot for being on the wrong property. Oh, yeah, mistakenly showing up at the wrong home. And one was in Missouri here. I think it was fucking Kansas City probably, too. The 84-year-old guy shot the black teenager who rang his doorbell trying to pick up his sister. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, in New York, SUV pulled in the wrong driveway. Girl gets shot and killed. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so three. And they're like, let's list them here since we're on this uh, scaring... Scary season and guns are bad trip. Yeah. So stupid. I just, it's like, what the hell is running through your head? Probably nothing. That's part of the problem. Open your door without thinking with your gun drawn. That's never smart. You can yell shit. Yeah. You can yell shit at people, even when holding a gun, pointing it down or in a safe direction. Yeah, exactly. In another part of Say, what the fuck is going on, et cetera. It's only just now All Saints Day, and so all these events happened hours ago, Mm. and the news acts like they have the facts. Well, he pointed a gun at the kid, blah, blah, blah. This is apparently he said, she said right now. Oh, boy. You know know what I'm saying, though, right? Sure, yeah. In America, you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty, and yet here we have this story of, it seems so concrete. Little boy gets the bag, and the guy points a gun at his head. Well, I wasn't there, and I don't see video footage of it, so they're apparently just going off of what the mom is saying. And what's this cheeseball story? Oh, we drop a bag off, and then, oh, that might have been the wrong address. Let's drive back. Yeah. Right. What in the fuck are you talking about? What's going on? How fucking dumb are you? And send your kids to do it without being next to them. Mm -hmm. You know? Oh, we'll sit in the car. You six-year-old, I trust you to go do it. I'll tell you something. My six-year-old... There's a lot of problems here. ...can be confused quite easily, and I would like to accompany her when possible. I'm not dropping off bags at a house that I'm not sure the address of. Ugh. Just flat out no. Very strange. Flat out no. But... Unless I'm fucking on Uber Eats, and even then, I don't know. Man. Oh gosh! I'm a delivery guy, you know. I've done some Dells in the in the past. Yeah, and isn't it strange that people would pay a stranger to bring food to them? <laughs> you don't want to order food from somebody. I want to pick it up myself <laughs> unless I, you, know, you trust we've always, them. We've always had delivery. <laughs> unless but you'd fuck them. Always freaked me out. You don't know what goes on between <laughs> the food being made and then your front door. I'm sorry. I I'm just. I trust myself. That's all. All right. Well, a paddleboarder saw something pretty freaky this past week. Oh. What he thought was human remains. Uh, So he called in. This is in Washington State. (sighs) Fuck, I am looking in the water and I see a skull and it's in a cave. So it's 
pretty fucking scary. Okay. So a detective shows up from the police department along That's your with first mistake. an officer from Wild uh, Fish and Wildlife. <laughs> okay. They have to take the, a jet ski to get into this cave, and then they see it too with the skull. So then they got to suit up into their diving gear, get their goggles on, go under, grab the skull, which has a fucking spinal column attached to it. Nice. You know what it was? No. A plastic beer bong. It was shaped like a skeleton. <laughs> what the fuck? And filled with rocks so that it would sink. So here's a little Halloween trick going on. Uh, little Spencer's Gifts action. Yeah. Little waste of everyone's fucking time action. That's why you just figure it out, man. You don't need to call the cops every little bullshit thing. Ooh, I'm scared. I'm going to call the cops. Ugh. Why are you calling the cops? You're acting like a little baby. That's right. Stupid. You know, you got to stop calling the cops, dude. You're acting like a little child, okay? It's true. You got to stop calling the cops. It's just just figure waste. it out or walk away. Yeah. Waste of taxpayer money, damn Jesus. it. Jesus. Yep. Yep. But also, you know, in that case, you don't want to touch the, ev- you know, touch it and then be <laughs> accused of anything. I don't know. I don't but know. when it's a beer bong, who fucking cares? Get a stick. Get a stick. <laughs> I mean, you can approach the situation, you can get a stick, you can say, oh, fuck, I was never here, fuck this shit. If you pull it out, you know, either it's a skull, and it's legit, and then, okay, sure. Then handle it. Call it in. Once I've confirmed, wow, this is a spooky... But if you just pull the stick and you get that fucker out of the water, you would know, oh, look at this, it's just plastic bullshit, aren't I a dummy? (laughs) Yep. Yeah, you're right. Okay, I got another story, and this one's got a clip. A storied Halloween tradition has returned to Plymouth State University. In New Hampshire. Two pumpkins have mysteriously appeared on the spires of Rounds Tower. This tradition first began in the mid-1970s. How they got up there is, well, that's a guarded secret. Coming up with the best far-fetched tales has become a campus pastime. Any theories, Oh, yeah. There's only one answer. Aliens. Oh, aliens. Oh. Wow, that's yeah. impressive. I mean, we don't have any video, no cameras up there. Yeah, come on, like Plymouth State. Yeah, I guess so. That's for the aliens theory. I know. What a retard. Total retard. We all know aliens would just take the pumpkin and see whose ass they could fit it up. Exactly. They're in a butt stuff. They're not into wasting stuff and putting them in high up places. Yeah. That's a college boy game. Uh-huh. Maybe some college gal. Not discriminating. Yeah, it was go- It was boys. Yeah, most likely. <laughs> it's always boys in this shit. It looks really cool. These two pumpkins on top of the spires. And it's fucking up there. It's a tradition dating all the way back to 1970. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wow. That's like, yeah. Usually, an East Coast college tradition is like a little bit older than that, but okay. Yeah, I know it was silly, and that's you, why it's on the lanes. You go, New Hampshire, Plymouth State University Community College. Yeah, woo woo, rah rah. Class of twenty twenty three. Well, my final lane story for the bowlers tonight comes from Maine, where a family bought an eighteen hundreds Victorian home in twenty seventeen. And they've been working on renovating it. Uh, Not quite living in it yet. But one of the contractors that they hired 
started finding things in the wall. Pictures and toys and documents and stuff. Hmm. Very strange things. And then they started losing contractors. Like, contractors didn't want to work there because they said, I keep getting tapped on the shoulder. It's fucking cold. I keep hearing footsteps in the attic. Things are moving around on me when I'm not looking. There's unexplained noises. And as the family was visiting the home to slowly but surely move in, they started thinking that they were seeing people in the windows. Mm -hmm. And there's photos in the news story, which you can find in the show notes or in the chat if you're there, uh, that the woman took, the mother in this family that bought the house, where it does look like someone is peering out the window, kind of a shadowy figure. Creepy stuff. And, you know, sometimes you feel like someone's watching you. Hopefully you don't always feel like somebody's watching you. But occasionally you just know someone is staring at you. And so she had that feeling, snapped a picture. And when you zoom in, there's a pretty clear looking dude in there. It's pretty freaky. They don't look like the same picture, though. That's what's weird. I don't understand. I know. And in that picture that you're looking at, I see a little girl standing there. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But that's it's supposed to be the same picture. And it's the guy in the upper right. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, there's the two different pictures. Go, you know, finger wag ghosts and pictures and digital cameras and all this stuff. Enhance. But Enhance. This family was legitimately freaked out. And they said. No, that one's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah, that is a wild one. There's some good stuff in there. And I also love the old photos that they are finding in the walls. Like, what a great way to document the history of a place. Stash it in the walls for later. Always wanted to find bullshit in the walls. Dude. Me too. Well, they found out uh, because the father was saying there were two rooms where you just felt fucking sad when you were in the room. Hmm. And upon further inspection, they used to have s- services for deceased family members in one of those rooms. So it was where they would, you know, celebrate someone's life or whatever, but also have the dead body hanging out for everyone to stay uh-huh. with. And then the other room was the birthing room or the sick room. Uh, so it was the medical room. So it's all probably a place where people died. Sure. And then got taken up to the other room. Or were bummed out for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, being sick sucks. The other strange thing that happened, the second uh-oh moment, was that the family had some pet birds, and they put them in the sunroom, which already I'm not sure if that's a good idea, because main fucking cold. Sure. Uh, put the sun warm. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, the birds developed sores and all died, which is weird. So they called a priest. Logical next step for haunted New England shit, you know? Sure. Upper northeast of America. And uh, the priest came and cleansed it. That was back in 2019. And they said, they're moving in. And things have calmed down, but still happen. Mm. So, hey, bowlers, if you want to buy an 1800s Victorian home, you'll have to call in and tell me about all the spooky shit that happens. Definitely a, a pale white figure in this one. <laughs> oh, hey, <laughs> look at those boobies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why you're my sweet baby. That's right. That's right. You're my sweet baby. I like the way he says, baby. You're my sweet baby. Yeah, yeah. We know it's true. Yeah, yeah. Ah.
Well, thanks for uh, hanging out with an extended bowl for a spooky Halloween, bowlers. That's right. Bowloween. Bowloween. <laughs> now we bowled straight on into All Saints Day. That's right. Junta made it. He didn't think he was going to, but he did. We all did. And for that, we thank you. Join us on Saturday, 8 p.m. Central Time, as we uh, sit down with Mary-Kate Ultra and make heroism Yay. for another round in the bowl. Woohoo! Got some things to catch up on. And, of course, you know we'll be back at it next Tuesday, every damn Tuesday, on the calendar. No skipping, no slipping. That's the bowl after bowl way. Whether it's Saturday or Tuesday or any day in between, you can count on me to remain Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. And I will always be Dame DeLorean. Till next time, bowlers. May your bowls burn ever brighter. You'd love it. This whole thing is very, very spooky. Listen. I love Sir Spencer. Well, the bowl after bowl guy? Spencer just does the fun stuff. He totally knew I was stumped. Can't believe you like Saps too. We should hang out. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh man! This is big. What a non-gay explanation! DeLorean, shout out! Shout out! Shout out! Name DeLorean! If you're for it, you're a son of a gun. If you're against it, you're a son of a gun. You like that, Boost? Wait till you see what happens next. I want to lay it on you, bro. What? 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 Bowl. Bowl after bowl. Bowl after bowl.com. Bowl after bowl.com.